Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Morning, everybody. Monday, 26th of September. When you think about two hours ago, I had no voice whatsoever. Even I was slightly disturbed this morning, thinking, you know me, I'm so mean. I'd all sort of have to wake up and think, oh, I can't go into work today, no voice. And so I was a bit, uh, a bit croaky like that. And I thought, oh, God, please make it go away. I'm assuming it's just after you wake up, you're a little bit rough. And uh, as my voice is my tool, I wanted to make sure that we were all there, all singing, all dancing. So I had a cup of coffee, uh, had some water. Uh, sucked a lozenge, and then, lo and behold, it sort of came back again. Coughed a couple of times in the car. We'll see how long we get through the programme without having to coffee, uh, without having to cough. It's very annoying. If you've got it at the moment, it's this sniffly thing, it's the cough, it's the... It's just a thing that just makes you really angry, and I get really angry. And, uh, do you know Elisa? She's marvellous, isn't she? There's so much of her to enjoy, and... <laughs> Yes, it, it just said she was on a Scottish radio station. I said it looked like she did the travel. And uh, really, oh, she actually presented. Really? Obviously, obviously on a very small station, I'm thinking. Why would you go to Dubai from, Sco- you know, Scotland, hello, okay, the new, out in the glens and all the rest of it, Dubai. I mean, she was wearing enough makeup. Me? Have I met Scotland? I think Scottish people. I passed through Glasgow once. I remember talking to a I remember talking to a cab driver up there who sort of said, and that's the that's the Gorbals and we don't stop there. And and they kept going. I stayed in a red light hotel in Glasgow once. We didn't know it was red light, we just wondered why there were so many single women sitting around tables wearing evening dress until the local police officer pointed out. I used to go to Toll Cross twice a year for about uh, ten years. So uh, the women up there drink. I'm not saying everybody in Scotland drinks. I don't want to a sweeping generalisation. But seven o'clock in the morning to be chucking back the whiskey and the cups of tea, I thought was pushing it a little bit. So, uh, yes, I have been to Scotland. And I went to Edinburgh. I went up to when they opened a new hotel up there. And uh, that was interesting. And, uh, and, I've, and I've seen the Edinburgh tattoo. And, uh, and I've, got, uh, I've got Scottish friends, Rob Roy, and uh, other people. And, um, and what else do I know about Scotland? Shortbread comes from Scotland. And what? <laughs> and Paul... Yes, I know Paul Smith. Very well. And um, so that's... So, yes, I know everything about Scotland. But I didn't know her. That's why I assumed it was only a small radio station that she'd moved from. And, and I thought, you know... I mean, I'm sure she's really sweet. But you know me, I've just got to take the Michael. You know, I'm thinking Scotland, Dubai. And so Catboy was doing his programme. All of a sudden, she comes up. You don't know, not many people did know Catboy. That was the trouble. It was only because one of my listeners wrote to me and said, because I couldn't work out why everybody in Dubai was listening to this programme. And he said, we've only got this Dubai 92 thing, which is obviously... And then somebody else was setting up another radio station out there. And that's all I know about it. And so we found Catboy. And then obviously this, this Alicia, they, they said, sort of moved out, obviously, to keep him in check. So it's like a double-headed show. But apparently she's... Uh, I feel, what were some of the things she was writing? It was quite funny, actually. It was, she's obviously trying to rewrite... Because I did read something the other day about somebody else. I can't do it because it's one of our stations. But uh, when, when we were sort of fight, here she is. Look at that. Honestly, that's, that is a lot of makeup, even by my makeup standards. I don't want to be rude about it, but it is. And uh, sum up the UAE. I don't know what the UAE is. Oh, United Arab Emirates. She goes, it's exciting, fun and hot. 
Well, it will be for you, darling. Uh, what's the biggest thing that helps you create an amazing show each day? The input from the 92. I think she means there's more than 92. That's what the station's called. Otherwise, it sounds a bit desperate, doesn't it? Help us make the best show possible. Twitter, Facebook, phone calls and texts. They all put a massive smile on our faces. Get off the air now. Oh, that makes us laugh. It's so funny. <laughs> if you weren't a DJ, what would you be? I think I'd like to be a teacher. I love kids, and I'm probably as immature as them. OK, read early pregnancy into that one. Uh, who would you like? Oh, the, my, my favourite one here. Amani or Primani? Primani all the way. Is that Primark? They're just trying to make it say, oh, right, OK. And uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, Chris Martin. Chris Martin, because I went to see Coldplay in Glasgow. It's one of the best gigs of my life. Uh, she's a big fan of Friends, as indeed she'd have to be. And where do you want to retire? Which we thought was the funniest question. She's only just arrived. And they're already asking her about retirement. Who's the last person you went to dinner with? And it was her, her friend and, sorry, friends and family in Scotland. They had a farewell dinner. They were all going, is she really going? Yeah, great. Way! Cheers! Off you go. And off she goes there. The worst celebrity she ever met was Ab- Ab- Avril uh, Levine. And she likes, is it Levine? All right. Nobody likes a smart-ass, do they? Not at this time of the blooming morning. And <laughs> Avril Levine. Was she the, it don't impress me much? Yeah, all right. I was just asking. I didn't say, I didn't work on a music. That was Shania Twain. I knew that, Shania Twain. I knew it was her. I don't profess to know about music. I'm a speech radio presenter. <laughs> Get on. And uh, wait, Ed Sheeran, because he was nice and asked me out to Nando's. <laughs> he obviously really hates you, dear. He really hates you. Look at this. The bird who obviously likes a bit of chicken. Worst job, she worked in a pizza restaurant. Don't need to tell us it was a food place, dear. We've seen the picture. I don't, seriously. No, I mean, and also, uh, last time you laughed out loud. Apparently it wasn't when she saw the, uh, the photo shoot pictures. It was when a tiny dog barked at a massive Alsatian and it bolted away. And she wants to be remembered as somebody who lived life to the full, took risks and who made people smile. Well, you've made us smile this morning, darling. You have, really. So that's, uh, so that's nice. So <laughs> we always like to find out about other, other radio stations. Only because I'm curious. Only because I'm curious. I like the idea that uh, poor old Darren was described by one, one caller this morning as being like the Judge Judy of radio. I would have thought more Judge Rinder. Would you not think so? The Judge Judy of radio. Somebody here called Taylor. Can you let these callers just verbally hang themselves while you reel them in? You are the Judge Judy of radio. You? You're neither Jewish nor a woman. I mean, come on. Or a judge. Well, Judge Rinder's not a judge either, so that doesn't matter. I'm trying to find out what these people... Because I was listening to somebody earlier on. Oh, oh Taylor's in, in Hackney. It's so obviously not too far away. Far enough for, for a call to the police. And uh, talks about, you know, different things here. And obviously listens to James O'Brien as well. But uh, you're obviously the favourite. You're obviously the favourite. That's nice, isn't it? It's quite, I think it's quite sweet, actually. Dickie likes Magical Hour. I think you should do a Magical Hour on the radio overnight. I see no reason why. In fact, you could call it the Magical Hour. It's not trademarked, is it? So, Darren, could do, you could do a Magical Hour where people phone up and ask a question and then they can set a question. Other people phone up and give you the answer to it. Have you ever done that? It's, 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 it's interesting because it's very educational. I've, I learned more through that than just about any of my Janet and John books. Seriously, I learned loads of things about, you know, things in London or things about the universe. I mean, you had somebody on, obviously quite clearly barking mad, talking about horoscopes and things like that. Well, I'm led to believe that the horoscopes in the papers are recycled every five to ten years 
Because you wouldn't remember them, would you? And also, I, I could say, you know, as a standard one, today's going to be a good day. You're going to be getting a letter. Well, I should imagine, you know, there's something like 300 million people are going to be getting a letter today. So, what sign am I? What sign do you think I am? Oh, you think, oh, good. You th- yeah, uh, well, I'm, I'm typically nonsense then. Because, <laughs> because I love water and I'm Pisces. Which means, this is what it says, Pisceans daydreamers... Fantasist sex, sex things, and most of my sex is fantasy. It has to be, and uh, <laughs> the water. I can't swim for toffee, but I'm I'm very good on my back, which is no surprise to anybody who knows me. And I can't swim on my stomach. I just look ridiculous. I used to swim all the time when we were abroad, but I sort of do that doggy paddle kind of stuff. I look ridiculous. Sorry, I never have done that. Never have done that in my life and certainly wouldn't want to start now. Uh, no, backstroke. I can do all of that. But when it gets to the other end and they go under the water, when you, I can't go under the water. I have to sort of, I just have to turn myself around and propel myself back again. But I'm, I've, I've got medals for swimming. Just not on, on my stomach, <laughs> down to the bottom of the pool. They used to have a thing in, the, in, in my, my class. They used to say, right, they used to throw a coin into the swimming pool and then say, OK, you've got to dive down and pick it up. Well, I couldn't even see the bloody thing. Well, it's... No, I didn't, I didn't do the pyjamas. No, because pyjamas wear you down. Because the, the moment you're in clothes and they get sodden... We, we taught how to save somebody in the water. You put your hand under their neck and drag them backwards after you've clubbed them. Because otherwise they're going to be fighting like hell, aren't they? I think people who are drowning fight. And uh, so we, we were taught to do that. What else were we taught to do? I don't know. I was fairly athletic at school as a, as a child. I was very... It's difficult to look at me now and believe that I could actually get my legs over hurdles, but believe you me, once young Stevie was out there, my legs spread wider than anybody else's on the, uh, on the field. In fact, track and field events were my favourite. I was out there. I've got medals. I've represented Berkshire. Not now, of course. Now, yesterday, I walked to the studio. I've got angina pains again. I thought, here we go again. And then... a pe- People of Slough, yes, people of Slough look up to me because I've helped there. And then I get an abusive text from Dom Jolly, if you please. Poor old Dom Jolly, I ask him. I know you're asking the question, who? And we ask the same question. He's on this, um, this sort of island thing with Bear Grylls with a lot of other old Z-listers. And I happen to mention the fact on the programme, as I want to do and have been doing for the last 40 years, and it is the biggest audience, Dom, I just thought I'd tell you that now. Um, I happen to say Z-listers and all the rest of it. We did mention, obviously you didn't listen properly, uh, that the programme raises money for charity. But to be honest with you, I couldn't give a forex about that. I'm not remotely interested. I'm more interested in the fact that it's the biggest bunch of has-beens you've ever seen. You know, you've got Aston Merigold. You've got him. You've got a few other people. You think, what are they doing on there? And, uh, and then he said, for somebody who does the graveyard shift. The graveyard shift. I ask you, what is the graveyard shift? So I had to point out politely to Dom Jolly that uh, my programme finishes at seven. Every breakfast show in this building starts at six. That's called breakfast sweet cheeks. OK, obviously you wouldn't understand that, but you have spent most of your years on the graveyard shift. But uh, nice to see you back on the television and still as unfunny as you were when they cancelled your programme. 84850, steve at uk. the Judge Judy of radio. I can't, I don't know though, actually. Have you ever put on women's clothing? Don't you dare lie to me and say no. Don't you, is that why the cameras are off? I wonder actually, have we ever had anybody? I used to have somebody called Martine who used to write to me, who is, who's trans. <laughs> Well, have you ever dressed up as a woman? Australian? Pretty, here we go. No, mate, of course I haven't. Have you ever dressed up as a woman? Not even for fun. Really? Try it. And, um, no, I'm just, you know, just a, an auto-suggestion. You know. 
Is he going to drink at the weekend? He th- See, the trouble is he thinks that Australians go, you know, they go out drinking. It's all, you know, let's pick up a few Sheilas. No, let's not. Let's go back to your place for a few more tinnies. You know, and then they, and they, they, they try to make out that they're really sort of big and butch, whereas in fact they're not. Most of them, if you see them on bicycles, they ride side saddle. It's as simple as that. I don't want to sort of make too much of a deal out of it. But, you know, he, he's, he's done his best. He's come over here. He's entertaining for us. I mean, heavens above, there's not many people can walk into this studio and within two minutes we could be taking the Michael out of him. It's, and he does it all with good humour. He sits there smiling, it's either that or wind. And it's a case of, you know, he's, he's a funny little bloke who thought that Nick Abbott was five foot seven. I have to tell you, Nick Abbott is a lot bigger than five foot seven. I think he's about five foot ten myself. I could be wrong, but I don't think he's five foot seven. Uh, eight for eight five. Oh, Steve at LBC dot co dot UK. What was this book you bought? Did you buy a book? Did he buy a book or something that somebody was talking about earlier on? What was the book? Was it Nuclear Man? Sophia from Bloom. Is this the woman who's titled? Oh, that was somebody else, was it? Oh, right, I got confused. A princess. A Belar- They're all princesses in Belarus. Have you been to Belarus? All be- There's loads of East European non-entity royalty out there. You can't move. It's like going to Austria and discovering everybody's a doctor. A doctor of music, a doctor of medicine, a doctor of, you know, pet food, a doctor. Of- everybody's called doctor. Outside all the houses on the little planks, doctor, doctor, doctor. I just thought it was Dr. Oetker was the only one I needed to know about because he made pizzas and I thought that was fairly good. But no, apparently they're all doctors out there. Uh, I did hear the woman from Liverpool on Darren's show. I did think, actually. I wasn't too sure if she was serious. I wasn't too sure. If, and then the more we listened to her out there, the more I, I suddenly worried about the fact that this woman voted. I don't know where she was coming from. Are you sure she was really serious? She was that dumb. And she, it, was, it was unbelievable, wasn't it, really? You can hear it back on the podcast. No, we won't hear again, I gather. It's a shame, really, because I always like people to dig their own graves and then put the gravestone up on the end of it. You know, here lieth a really stupid person. The worst thing was, she didn't seem to get the fact that nobody was agreeing with her. She thought that she was, she was, people wanted to be slaves. I began to wonder what sort of hovel she's living in at the moment. I wanted her for a slave. I thought the idea, if we could make her lie down on a railway track... You know, and then she could have both legs amputated. I mean, I've never heard of such things. Never heard of such things in my life. She was, she'd obviously read it somewhere and obviously believed that to be a slave was like, whoa, I've been taken in by a family and then in seven years' time I get this sort of, you know, pass, you can go and live somewhere else kind of thing. Really bizarre. Only on LBC, of course. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. I love Monday morning. Well, I didn't when I woke up. I really didn't love it. I thought, oh, don't lose the voice. Because, you know, it's happened before. My boss went off ill the other week. Oh, it's just terrible. And uh, once one person gets it in the business, and you probably discovered as well, I think uh, Paul Cooper's got it, John's got it, everybody's had it. It's just, it's sort of sniffly. We've had, we've had the sniffles, we've got, we've got through, the, through the sniffly bit of the programme. And uh, then we get the cough, and that was a bit wheezy. But I've discovered, actually, this time round... This time round, it's actually a lot easier because the talking is stopping me coughing. Whereas the last time I got it, I couldn't talk for the coughing because it was just tickling me. And I swallowed, um, I've been drinking water, a bit of milk, lots of coffee. Warm drinks seem to be quite good. But uh, talking. Uh, a lot of people talk about autobiographies earlier on with Darren about uh, Steve Allen's will be a bit part. It'll be one of those things you buy in weekly editions. A bit like, because I did see. I turn on the... T- I always, when I get up in the morning, I am a creature of habit. I roll out of the bed, literally roll out of the bed, onto the floor, about ten foot drop, uh, pick myself up, go into the bathroom, 
uh, pick up the shaver, go and have a wee, uh, go to the kitchen, make a cup of coffee, take a cup of coffee and shaver back to the sitting room, and uh, turn on the telly. Flip on, first thing I do, flip on the news to see, you know, if anybody's died, like Arnold Palmer, and do I send a card? And, uh, and I thought, he's 87, you know, for goodness sake, how long do you want to go? And so I check on that, and I check who's upset. I know, he, he doesn't know who Arnold Palmer is, though, he's a golfer. He's a golf... Don't, please, please do, do not talk to me. You're, you're not the producer of this programme. You're not the producer of this programme. You're not even the assistant producer on this programme. In fact, you are nothing on this programme until tomorrow morning when, you're assumed, <laughs> when you assume a title. <laughs> you're not coming tomorrow morning? Yeah. Yeah, all right. You don't have to. It doesn't bother me, mate. It doesn't bother me. You'll be here crawling like a puppy dog, your tongue hanging out. I know you... Listen, I'll put a £1,000 on it. £1,000. I don't have your number in my phone. I do not. I don't. It's written in the local phone boxes. For a really, really bad time, call this number. So I tried it, and you're right. It was a really, really bad time. So uh, anyway, so what was I saying? Oh, yeah, so, so I always check and see Arnold Palmer dies at 87. Is that going to interest my audience? No. Nobody, most of the people listening at the moment will not know who he is. You might know the name, but you probably thought he died years and years ago. Uh, but, you know, 87, good innings. He'd been ill for a little while. And so that was that. So then I check through everything else. And then I go through the TV channels to try and find a programme that is interesting. And I'm going click, 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 click. And I looked away for a brief moment, but the voice hit me like that. Katie Price doing an in-conversation with a psychiatrist, a woman who appeared to make no sense whatsoever to anybody. She didn't appear to provide any answers. But to tell me why she was a bit like, who is that little sex therapist from years ago in America? Um, her name was... Oh, anyway, she a little little uh, foreign-sounding voice. You know, she had a very strong accent, and this woman sounded a bit like her. Ruth, Ruth. Oh God, it'll come to me. Ruth, somebody, Doctor Ruth. I think I don't think she had a surname. I think she was just known as Doctor Ruth. That's right, Doctor Ruth Westheimer, and uh, she was about so big, which is really really tiny. And is she st- she's still alive? Is she still alive? She's eighty-eight. I used to, she used to talk freely about sex on the radio and on the television and everything else. And uh, this, this woman who was doing this interview with Katie Price, I think they've also done uh, Kerry Katona. They've, they've done all the, all the weak ones, all the weak ones. And so this was the interview where Katie Price says, after she discovered that for 10 months, 10 months, Kieran, her now husband, had been having sex with her best friend Jane, which I thought was hilarious. I mean, how naive do you have to be? And... Um, and then she said, I wanted Jane to get cancer or something like that and die horribly. And I sat there thinking, you really are vile, aren't you? You really are a vile piece of work. And the only reason I mention her, not because this was a repeat programme, but because yesterday I turn on the telly in the afternoon and there's one of these cop things, one of these cop programmes. Who do they pull over? A white Range Rover. It's Katie Price. And they pull her over because, A, it was showing no insurance, and, B, they'd pulled her over three weeks before for having an incorrect number plate. The insurance turned out to be OK. It just takes a bit of while to get through. But the number plate uh, she got done for because it was all done badly. And then at one point, she start, have you ever seen her out? She, uh, she starts playing up a little bit. And the policewoman said, uh, <coughs> not to her. Because at one point, Katie, th- th- there's a camera crew filming outside, which they're legally entitled to do. They don't have to ask her permission or anything. She's stopped like anybody else because she is like anybody else. If you've broken the law, you get caught for it. And uh, so she pulls out with this copper to move a bit further up the road. I'd have just followed her with the camera. 
And yeah, she didn't do the, do you know who I am? But the, the policewoman said, you know, she's filmed every day of her life. Why would she start being stupid now? And that kind of summed her up. Nobody's got any time for her at all. And uh, she said, don't, don't film it. I don't want to be filmed. Get in the car, shut the door and all the rest of it. You think, oh, you stupid woman. So that's why I'm dying to find out how the show went in Birmingham last night. You know, how many seats went? How many people actually sat down there and listened to the biggest pile of guff that you've ever listened to? In your entire life. She's going to be answering all those questions. No, she won't be answering anything at all. Uh, Paula says, have you been for dinner at your producer's place yet? No, no, not yet. I don't, because I don't think he can cook. I think it's going to be something thrown together like, um, I don't know, like sort of pasta or something like that. Probably with sort of a tossed salad. Uh, which doesn't, pasta doesn't do it for me. Never has, never has. Did you watch When Magic Goes Wrong? No, I'm, I'm reliably informed that Chloe Madeley was on there. If only somebody would make her vanish completely from our lives, how much more enriched would we be, ladies and gentlemen? Um, da, 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 another one here. I, I have OCD, and after reading an article on Jim Davidson, was obsessing about him. What do you think about him? Deeply unpleasant. Deeply unpleasant. That's all I could tell you. Deeply unpleasant. Uh, that's, that's all I could tell you. That's all I could tell you. You know, it's just one of those things. One of those things, you know, you either like him or you don't like him, and I'm not a fan. I tried to do an interview with him years ago, just over the thing, and I said something about, oh, he did this and did that, and he said, that's not very nice, is it? I thought, you know, you're just deeply unpleasant. Do you want me to, you want me to tell people stories about you, that uh, that's why you've been married so many times, because you're just a little bit difficult, a little bit difficult. Uh, Stephen says, uh, Ruth is still alive. Yeah, Dr. Ruth, she's 88. 88. But she used to make me laugh. She'd sit there. And uh, and it, it was just so sort of so sort of funny, listening to her talking. I can't I can't do the accent. It was sort of it was just terribly terribly accented. It was it was just funny, just funny. Uh, what are we going to do this morning? We're going to take your uh, texts and emails eight four eight five zero stevenlbc dot co dot uk. We try and get through as many as possible. And uh, and if and if we don't, then we get into trouble. I always have to uh, get through all of them because otherwise people complain bitterly about it. Uh, another one here, and uh, this is yes. Can somebody explain to me? Because I'm not quite up to speed with it, and I don't know why. That um, Prince William and the Duchess of Cambridge uh, are in Canada. So are they doing trade deals or something, or they're just off there for a jolly? Because at one point, uh, the Duchess has given two teddy bears for the kids. Really big deal. And so she goes, oh, they'll love these. Haven't they got teddies? Well, they deprive children or something. Have you ever heard of children without teddy bears? I'd never had... And they always have to accept the naffest things. They were given to them by some little child. She went, oh, that's lovely. They'll really appreciate them. No, they won't. Of course they won't. One of the kids is not even sort of old enough to have conversations. So what's the point? There's no point. Ridiculous, isn't it, really? Oops, I've lost my mouse again. Oh, there it is. It's come back again. Will you be going to see Elton John when he plays Twickenham Stoop? No, thank you. No, I'm not remotely interested. I like Elton John, don't get me wrong. I'm I'm sort of a big fan of uh, of the music, but I'm just really I'm not interested in going to see him. I don't know why. And so they, they flew the Duchess of Cambridge and the and what's it? They did a thirty minute journey by seaplane. Is that, that that's news. They got on a seaplane. Imagine. No, got on a seaplane, open door, fell into river would be funny. But I don't I don't quite see what they're doing is of any interest to anybody. Thousands of people gather to watch their arrival. It's the first time they've toured. But they've toured as a family of four. I mean, that's amazing. The royal visit will help tell Canada's story. What story? 
Why is it? I'm, I'm missing the point on this one. You know me, huge, huge fan of the royal family. Big fan of the... I couldn't be a bigger fan of the royal family. I don't like Prince Andrew. I can't bear his ghastly daughters, and I don't like Sarah Ferguson. And there's a few others as well. I'm kind of warming to, uh, to Prince Edward, because I quite like his wife, because she used to work for LBC. And the kids seem quite nice and genuine. But I don't understand William. Harry, I understand, because he's just a bit of an old soak. And we like Harry. He goes out there and plays, plays football. Uh, but William and, uh, and, and Kate, I don't really understand. There's a rumour she's pregnant again. So, I mean, I'm assuming they're still finding time to do things like that. I don't know, actually. I could be wrong. But uh, Prince William spoke to uh, Alar about the conflict in Syria, saying, was there a lot of devastation in your town? No, nothing at all. No, the buildings are still standing. Still got holiday cottages going, if you want to rent one for the season. You know, come and, you know, come and buy a holiday home in Syria, I think is the tagline. Not. Uh, the Duke is a former RAF search and rescue pilot. They try to make him out you know, to be really big and butch, because the day ended with the Duke being hailed one of the guys. I don't think so. OK, yeah, one of the guys. Like, OK, I've got to fly my helicopter. Ooh. Sarah Ferguson's got a thing about helicopters. She wrote the budgie books. Well, we're not sure if she actually wrote them, or because there was another very similar budgie, uh, similar helicopter books to her little budgie, but Sarah Ferguson then emerged as a sort of an authoress. But uh, to be honest with you, I don't know, I'm just kind of not there with it at the moment. I just want to know what they're doing over there. If they're drumming up trade for this country, fair enough, but it just seems to be a bit of a holiday. And so we, we show the kids off. The poor kids must be sitting there going, not another blooming flight. You know when your ears go funny and you, you have to keep swallowing? That's really difficult. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. That was a name from the past, wasn't it, really? Uh, 26 minutes to five. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast going into breakfast. OK, simple as that. I can't explain it to you any, uh, any better. Uh, apparently, uh, Johnny says, we all love you in Glasgow. It's September holiday weekend. Is it right? I, I thought every holiday weekend. Uh, September holiday weekend? What holiday is that? Do you have separate holidays in Glasgow? I don't think so, actually. And uh, another one here very quickly. I'm trying to get as many of these in as possible, which I probably won't manage today. Because uh, the other day we had so many texts and emails that came in. I was literally snowed under. And then because the machine had started... Um, started holding back then all of a sudden we discovered what it was that somebody had put in a keyword travel and so it was only putting up the things which had the word travel in it so then we the producer luckily we had the the gift of um of sort of engineering and stuff and uh, and he did not you he he did it he did it the other day i can tell that warren's got anybody got an iphone 7 in there have you got an iphone no you know that you can write on it write on it with your with your fingernails and so you can um i don't know if i can sort of show you you can like those things there. Can you see that? You can do little hearts and oh my gods and everything else. It's it's very good actually. It's very clever. But I don't know why you'd ever want it. I don't know why you'd ever want it. Uh, anyway, poor old Warren. And uh, uh, wait a minute, I've got to find one that's one that's repeatable. So many that aren't repeatable. He's addicted to his computer. Now I have to be honest. I sit there. I've got my computer in the sitting room, but I can see the little box, you know, which has got the green lights on it, which are flashing all the time. I hate it when it goes for the red light, because that means you've got to disconnect everything and then plug it all back in again. But um, poor old Warren's got a daddy long legs in his bedroom. He says, I can't stand them. So he has to get rid of it. Uh, still waiting to find out uh, for Cliff Richard where we go with all this latest shenanigans. It's been a month now. They said a month. So let's hope they're uh, they're going to sort this out as quickly as possible. I mean, how long does it take, for goodness sake? How long does it take? shouldn't take this long. It really shouldn't. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. 
And um, another one here. Oh, so is written Daddy Longlegs. This is it's clever, but it, it's a bit like having um. Well, they used to call it years ago. We not was it Etch a Sketch? No, I've got something at home which I bought years ago, and it's it's like um. It looks a bit like a screen, but it's not. It's just flat. And you just write on it with your fingernail, and you can hang it by the table. So it says phone dad or phone Maisie or whatever else. And then you just lift up the thing. No, so you just pull, slide the thing at the bottom, and it erases it. Then you can write on it all over again. And I bought it in Costco. It's quite useful, but I've never used it. Never used it. Not one of those things that I would ever, ever use. Uh, anyway, let's have a quick look at the papers, shall we? See what they are saying for this morning. Uh, fix, 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 fix. This is Strictly. They're thinking it's uh, fixed. Uh, Vardy, as boring as his wife. And uh, he admits he made a terrible mistake when he racially abused a student. He deeply regrets. I bet he does. He's horrified of being dubbed a racist. Well, until you'd mentioned it, I'd completely forgotten about the incident. But uh, now you now you come to mention it again. It's right back in the middle of my mind. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo has got a model girlfriend. Well, I don't want to be rude. I'm going to have to be rude, actually. I don't, I don't want to be rude. Luckily, she's in another country, so it doesn't kind of uh, affect us in this country. Um, they, uh, her name is Desiree Cordero. She's a former Miss Spain. She's got the worst hair I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, it really is absolutely appalling. Now, I thought... I don't know much about Cristiano Ronaldo, but we've all had guesses about, about his... Uh, Sort of what he get up, what he gets up to. He's been away on yachts with sort of men. He's been away on yachts with women, and I don't really know whether or not he's just so beautiful that he can afford to play the field with whatever. But I'm looking at the picture of this woman here. I'm not totally convinced it's a woman because the hair is so bad. I mean, it really is. It's I mean, it's either so dry, and this woman's a model and a former Miss Spain. He's been dating her. They say for about a month, and uh, I'm just sort of looking at her, thinking, why does she look so? bad for a model. Why would this picture ever be released? I mean, it's a really, really bad picture. You'll see it on the Saturday. You'll look at this hair, which is badly cut. It really needs thinning out. You know, I'm not a hairdresser, but I, I know enough to know what, uh, what, what, what could be being said here. It's just that she can't afford a hairdresser, I suppose. But, uh, I mean, it's just, it's a bit odd, isn't it, really? Well, I think it's odd. Warren thinks it's odd. Everybody else thinks it's odd. Uh, Vardy on boozy casino outburst. I don't like him, and I don't like his wife either. I uh, was sick to death of him. He says, I like a drink and a scrap, but I'm no racist. Mm, well, <coughs> that's your uh, your version of it. I don't know enough about you and I really don't care. I'm just bored with seeing you on there. Do you have an agent or something? Or does your wife have an agent? She obviously loves the publicity, doesn't she? Uh, row over the Strictly celebs already at war over alleged cheating. Some believe rivals have gained an illegal advantage with a sneaky extra rehearsal. Well, I'm assuming you can get as many rehearsals in as you want. If you want to go out there and get... Um, get photographed, you know, doing different things, that's fine. There you go. A BBC source says they're allowed to have more rehearsals than they're supposed to, but the pro dancers are so competitive they'll do anything to get the slight advantage. But of course, of course, if, if you really want to do something, you really rehearse at it, don't you? That makes the most sense to me. That if, if you're, It's no good just going in there, somebody say, you, you can see some of the people on, on the X Factor have not bothered with any rehearsal whatsoever. I've never seen so many silly little boys with ripped trousers, which just looks ridiculous. And um, I'm slightly disturbed by the fact that I didn't think any of them could sing. You know, if you think singing for between 10 and 20 seconds is, uh, is good enough to warrant somebody's singing career, well, you know, and this silly chair situation, I don't get that at all. I did watch it yesterday and I did sit there thinking, these people can't sing. 
They, I mean, they really can't see. Somebody had written to me yesterday and said, did you see The X Factor? I went, no, I didn't see The X Factor. Now I've watched it with this, this sort of sing-off thing where they've got sort of six chairs but eight people competing for them. It was just dreadful. It was dreadful, these people. If you stuck him in a studio and went, OK, I mean, one of them was flat as a pancake. And perhaps the, uh, perhaps the judges are hearing something else. But as I say, Simon's just looking to see uh, who he can bring an album out with. That's it. That's it. Uh, 84850, Steve at lbc.co.uk. Matt LeBlanc, we're told, has signed a £2 million deal to be the sole host of, uh, of Top Gear. Well, as I thought the thing had washed up ages ago, there's no point, is there, really? There's no point. Who cares whether some failed actor in America, who's only famous for doing Friends and the spin-off Joey, which wasn't much cop, uh, is hosting a British programme? That's why the public will switch off. Haven't we got anybody British to do it? Is there nobody British out there? Why do we have to have an American doing a programme? I'm not, I'm not interested in that. Nobody will know who he is. Unless you're over the age of, uh, well, whatever it is. Uh, 84850, uh Also, to have and to gold. That's uh, Laura Trott. Uh, they've got married. Uh, Kenny... So all the family's very happy and they printed a bit. They have their dog on the bed. Oh, dear. No, not too sure. I don't think dogs should be allowed on the bed. They really shouldn't. They really shouldn't. But, you know, people go, oh, isn't it great? The dog's on the bed. No, it's not good at all. Cat? No, I don't think cat's on the bed either. I know people have cats on the bed and I know people have dogs on the bed, but not, not for me. When we were talking, uh, very interesting enough, you will hear the interview very shortly, uh, to the Monty Don. And he said his dogs are not allowed upstairs. They're trained. They'll only go to the first stair. They won't go any further than that, he said. And they know that they're only allowed on the settees when there's an adult in there. They can't sit on the settee by themselves. It's got to be with an adult. They are, they are trained for that. Because otherwise it'd be ridiculous, wouldn't it? You're trying to fight with sort of the dog on the settee and you don't do things like that at all. 18... Oh, I'm not telling you I couldn't care less. Mm. No point in telling you the time. Why, why do you want to wish the day away? It's going to go quick enough as it is. But mind you, it'll really drag if you don't feel very well today and you're suffering with a bit of a cold and everything else. Uh, all the uh, the coverage of... Um, that must be... Is that over in Canada? Is that Canada? Is that the Duke... Yes, it's the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge. I don't know what they're really doing there. I, I can't work it out. But they've got... Lo- there's an entourage of 12. 12 people. And so she's walking around with a hat on, looking ridiculous. Wouldn't it be better if her hair was just down? I mean, the, the hat is bigger than the head. And also... It's sort of, it's, it's, so she's shaking loads and loads of hands. So she's Mrs. Shaky Hand Woman. Shaky hand, shaky hand, which we quite like, actually. Uh, Calvin McKenzie talking about Arthur Scargill. Vile man. What a vile man. Millionaire hypocrite Scargill. It's a typical red preaching. Do as I say, not as I do. Oh, yes, he likes the old money. He likes the filthy lucre, doesn't he? And uh, Arthur Scargill, says Kelvin, is an old fraud. He's got two faces. Oh, of course, everybody always knew that. It was that laughingly uh, called piece of hair on his head that we thought was a shredded wheat, carefully combed into shape. Poor old soul. But no, he's, uh, he's two-faced. Everybody knows that. I think even the mine workers seem to know that as well. And then her dad, blaming the trauma of mum leaving for fat boy split. Self-destruct mode that made Zoe want to break from the norm. It's quite a clever play on words there, which I quite like. But uh, Johnny... Her dad has waded into it. The truth, if truth be known, she's young. He's obviously quite old now. And he, even though he's fat boy slim, he's sort of getting on a bit now. And he's obviously boring. 
I mean, I don't understand why, just because he's a DJ, people think that he's whoopee-doo, because most of these DJs are boring as hell, I promise you. They're really dullards. You know, it's all, yeah, concentrate on the music, you know, do this. It's boring. It really is. Instant switch-off. And so she obviously wants to go out there, she wants to have a cigarette, get a bit drunk, kick her heels off, and, and go out there and in, enjoy life. And he doesn't want to do anything like that. She did have an old flame called Dan Pepe. Uh, and then she kissed somebody who, it turned out, was in a group and just wanted publicity, and he was slightly peculiar. And um, and she's she's a fun sort of person. And obviously Norman wants to sit at home with his feet up, watch the television, eating a pizza. And she doesn't want to do that. Why should that make any difference to anybody? She's been targeted by internet trolls, who basically says you're a marriage wrecker. You know, <coughs> excuse me, you want to go round to these people's houses and knock their front gate off its hinges. You know, because you know they've got a front gate and probably a window box. And I do worry about people like that who interfere with other people's lives. It's got to do with you what she does with her marriage. Mind your own business, you nosy old baggage. And it'll always be a nosy old baggage, won't it? It really will be. Uh, the story of the snake coming up and the gymnast. Please help me get my legs cut off. What? Yes, you won't believe it, but we'll tell it to you on LBC in a moment. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. So while um, uh, William and uh, and the wife troll around Canada doing what? I've got no idea. It just appears to be a walkabout. Uh, the PR team with them, I think there are four PRs, uh, will be releasing pictures and uh, interesting things about them touring. And it's like, just like any other royal tour. They go for walkabout, they shake hands. That's it. That's it. Then they, then they have them doing something exciting. So you bet your bottom dollar you'll be meeting Canadian Red Indians at some point. Uh, they'll probably go up, you know, they've already been on the on the seaplane. All very exciting. And that was a 30 minute trip. So it's a bit like going to a fun fair and they put them on various rides and they take pictures of them. Uh, they'll, they'll probably be given some maple syrup to bring back. And uh, there'll probably be some sort of indigenous outfit to wear or something. They went to Canada years and years ago. I remember Charles took the boys to Canada and they were given baseball caps and um, and um, football jackets and they put them on. And William did that yo kind of thing, which made him look like the biggest prune under the sun. It was just embarrassing. Harry could get away with it because Harry's a bit of a rebel. You know, Harry was probably doing cider before people even knew what cider was. You know, yeah, like been down scrumping, you know, in the orchard and like trod on the apples and like tried them. Whoa, up with the fairies. And whereas William's going, um, I think I'll have another cup of tea, mummy, if that's all right with everybody. Can I have chamomile this time, please? And that's what it'll be, because I don't understand what these tours are for. Is it because people haven't seen them and they want to see them? Because the organisation of it must be phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. And uh, and people obviously go over there and they like seeing them. I mean, I'm as fascinated as the next person, but I just don't, I don't quite understand what it is and how much it's costing us. Is it costing us anything? Is it just a holiday, you know, so they can go to Canada? Because I don't think he's flown his helicopter for donkey's years. He appears to have left that to one side now. He's like, they've obviously going to leave the helicopter bit. Listen, if anybody asks, we'll say you're doing it next week or something like that. Because he, he saves people's lives. Well, he doesn't really, but they have to put it out like that. I sometimes listen to Judge Judy, says Grace, but I prefer listening to Judge Robert Rinder because he's British. Oh, I would, God, that's, that sounds very racist. You know, if you really wanted to take it to the ultimate extreme. What are you saying? I sometimes listen to her, but I prefer listening to him because he's British. What, you don't like Jews? Oh, the ted- oh Grace, you're treading on dangerous ground there. You know, she, she is a real judge, I think. I think she was a circuit judge. Unlike Rinder, who's just a little barrister. Really? Just a little barrister? No, no, you should d- judge Judy. As she's now started saying on the programme, listen, listen to me. I have 11 million viewers. 
That's what she said to the other bloke the other day. And she was dealing with somebody, I think, from the Amish community. It was over, over a tractor that had been left at a field. It was the funniest thing I'd ever heard, actually. It made me laugh. Better not rain today. It started raining yesterday when we were heading back to the cars. Oh, here we go. Tonight. Oh, wait a minute. Many places remaining dry. This is for today, for Monday. Uh, bright or sunny intervals, however, showers will develop, mainly in the west of the region. Tonight, outbreaks of rain heavy at times. Oh, God, I never got the car washed. Thank God I never got the car washed. Here's the oddest story. The oddest story of the day. This is a would-be Paralympian has launched a crowdfunding appeal to get her leg amputated. Okay, This is somebody called Jessica Lawton. She was a star gymnast at school, says she's been in agony since breaking her left foot in a contest age 12. The NHS refused to cut off her lower leg... She needs £10,000 to fund a private operation. She told how a decade of ops have failed to end the hell. She says the pain is constant. I'm stuck in bed 24-7. I can't get into a wheelchair, go outside or get into the car. I won't miss my left foot. Uh, She says I'm naturally competitive. However, a spokesman for the Royal Hallamshire Hospital in Sheffield, which has treated her, said amputation is an extremely radical option which is not guaranteed to resolve the pain. And so, the, so she's trying to fund it privately. She's heard the advice from the experts, but she's chosen to, uh, to go her own way. And she said, I want the foot removed. Can you imagine? Can't think of anything worse. I mean, they give it to you to keep afterwards. You know, if you've had an, an amputation, they go, would you like to keep you know, the lower part of your leg or something like that, and you put it in formaldehyde. But uh, they said it might not relieve the problems. It might not. You don't know, do you? But she's obviously prepared to do it. Robbie Williams is back. I'm not sure whether he's left it a little bit too late now. They've obviously airbrushed him beyond an inch of his life. He's got a new record, features a collaboration with uh, Ed Sheeran, Rufus Wainwright and Brandon Flowers. And um, this is his new album, Heavy Entertainment Show. And so... That's quite nice, isn't it? And uh, I love the way that poor old Dan Wooten, bigger by the day, he's like the Eamon Holmes of the sort of the younger set, slightly. He said uh, he sat down with me for a world-exclusive interview. Uh, He'll talk to everybody, I think, at the moment. You know, world-exclusive, because it was just you on a one-on-one. And poor old Dan obviously has pictures, I suspected, his flat of him with the celebrities. Probably got one of him with the Spice Girls or something like that. Very interesting. Uh, Also, um, MPs grill the BBC and Channel 4 over Bake Off. The Beebs bosses also face a showdown with the Culture, Media and Sports Select Committee. Um, I don't know why. The Commons Committee Acting Chairman Damien Collins confirmed, we'll have the BBC and Channel 4 in front of the committee. Well, four, mind your own business. Sticky nose in. Silly old soul. Love Productions have sought to reassure fans it will not change much. They say Bake Off is definitely something we'll be asking about when the next appeal appear. Who's interested? The Culture, Media and Sports Select Committee. Stick your old beak somewhere else. Who cares about you? We'll be asking them about it. Are you desperate for some bit of fame or something? God, Parliament wasting its time on a programme. Didn't say anything about Blue Peter being moved, did you? Didn't know she was talking about that one. But obviously, poor little Damien Collins, only the acting chairman, obviously the other one's on his holidays. And so Damien's determined to get some news. We're going to invite them in to talk about it. What for? Honestly, small wonder nobody respects anybody down there. Uh, there was also uh, a temporary tattoo which slowly releases medicine to help control chronic diseases like multiple sclerosis could be soon available. Wow, I like that idea. They've also got a thing here, different things ha- how to do. First of all, um, lighting a match in the wind. 
you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to go into how it actually works because you'll be too bored with it. Uh, boiling cracked eggs. My favourite is how to extract a splinter. I can't remember the last time I actually had a splinter. But the latest, I mean, I used to sort of, you cut away a little bit of the skin and then you get the tweezers and you try and pull the thing out. <coughs> Excuse me. Do you know what the best way is? It's, um, it's a bottle with hot water and you push it up against your hand and it will draw the splinter out. Sounds a bit clever, doesn't it? How long you've got to sit there for, I've got no idea. Uh, still to come, don't cry for tea, Argentina. We're trying to import the British brew. Uh, the Sun's Millies honour the best of the forces. The awards go to the hero at home, hero at home uh, unit or individual, hero overseas individual, hero overseas unit, best reservists, inspiring others, overcoming adversity, innovation awards, support to the armed forces, and the judges award given to any individual group or unit to honour exceptional circumstances so i'm sure that'll that sounds like a a nice a nice award ceremony doesn't it with uh, with the forces being honored and uh judge rinder uh uh poppy lady says a friend sent a link to his strictly performance all flash and very little dance i know and with a shirt undone i was nearly sick luckily i held back i thought no we'll wait till he comes in then we can be sick That'll make it marginally more entertaining, will it not, for everybody? 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. And um, one here. This is, uh, says, why take pictures of Kate and William? We all know what they look like, but then you went to people saying things like, oh, did you see Kate and William? Didn't she look beautiful? I know. But then again, she's just lucky. That's the way she looks, isn't it? That's the way she looks. I noticed in Pippa's photographs, Pippa's fiancé or whatever, as uh, she's got nude pictures of him on her phone. Slightly perverted, do you not think? Obviously, that's the way Pippa Middleton operates. And then wonders why people pick on her bum when she knelt down. It was all done. Carefully controlled, wasn't it? They're obviously a bit of a show-off family. Uh, more on the uh, the little pageant girl's death, which shocked the world. I'm not a fan of pageants, as you can well imagine. I've seen them on the television. Uh, they're very, very, very odd. Very, very odd. Uh, the press release column. This is the Bizarre TV column, which is just... Let's, let's just... Go with the press releases. So they've got all the people who are going to be appearing. Nicole Scherzinger has got the boys. And as I say, there's not much to choose between them. I'd like to know which ones are gay and which ones aren't. That'd make it marginally more entertaining. Uh, Louis gets the groups. Uh, Simon gets the girls. And to be honest with you, there's not one that uh, stands out at all to me. And Sharon gets the overs. I don't know what the overs are. Is that over the hills? Over a certain age. All oh, right, well, that kind of... Uh, so, in other words, they've actually sort of tried to make it as interesting as possible, but it's not. So, the press release page uh, now talks about Honey, I'm Home. Honey Gifford, better known as rapper. She's not known as anything at all. Nobody'd ever heard of her before. And she's so ancient. And uh, she's now looking for love and a new job through the show. So, uh, she's been booted off. Thank God for that. Let's hope for the, the last we ever see of her. But they're so desperate to try and fill a, a page with, with nothing. They have to go with it, don't they? Uh, coming up very shortly, we'll have the, uh, the news at five o'clock. So, I nearly pushed it forward to six. I nearly thought about it going to six. I prefer listening to you, Steve Allen. I've heard the story before. Very painful. I'd hate my legs missing, Susanna. Well, she said she's in so much pain. But what the hospital have said is that even with amputation, uh, there is no guarantee that the pain will go away. So, you know, what what do you do? What do you do? 84850, steve at uk. On the subject of uh, splinters, Andrew says, I had a splinter earlier today. Hope I don't get any more. Touch wood. 
Yes. <laughs> Grace says, don't get me wrong, I love the USA next to Britain. I've been to America and enjoyed my lovely American holiday twice. Yeah, but you don't like Judge Judy, do you? Because you like listening to, uh, to Judge Rinder or uh, whatever his name is, Robert Rinder. Imagine calling somebody Robert Rinder. I mean, how naff is that? Because he's British. That's, that, that, that's the line. I prefer listening to him because he's British. I mean, you know, if, if, if Judge Judy was black, would you be going, I prefer Judge Rinder because he's white? It's the same kind of thing, isn't it? It's the same kind of thing. You can't, uh, you can't say that in this day and age. In fact, actually, to be honest with you, if we all opted for the politically correct, you'd have no radio programmes at all. It would be just ridiculous. <coughs> but we do have a time check, which is coming up to the news at five o'clock. Uh, Frankie Bridge is coping with the dark side of fame. I was wondering when she was thinking about selling another story. And uh, she was uh, she was the one who went into rehab and then she got married. And then I thought we'd seen the last of her. No, no, she's back again. She's coping with it. Uh, the prince's snub to the premier is, is little Prince George. He didn't want to shake Trudeau's hand. Quite rightly so. He doesn't know who he is. They should be training him. Don't talk to strange men, OK? Don't take him to America, for God's sake. Uh, the bitchy troll slamming trashy Zoe for the split. Harry Potter is blamed for a rise in exorcisms. Carol Vorderman could be lined up for the jungle. Oh, Carol, don't do it. You don't need to do it. And, uh, oh, come all ye unfaithful. The vicar loses a wife to an alcoholic. All of that and more coming up. Other side of the news, which is next. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Do you know, I don't think I ever get over the excitement of somebody repeating your name as a voiceover. Because you listen to it, you hear it so many times in the course of the programme, and then you suddenly think, that's me. How bizarre. Somebody's repeating my name. I don't know why they just do it. Anyway, make sure that you're listening to the programme. We have a spike at four, and it runs all the way through, and now it goes all the way through till seven. It's time Ben's family knew the truth. The digging starts today on costs, so we'll let you know more on that. Robbie Williams, three years out of the limelight, surely way too late for a comeback, but he's got an album out. Uh, it just means he'll be doing loads of interviews everywhere, and uh, and the album will probably do OK, and then he might do some touring, or he might not. Biggest snake in the world, a 33-foot-long anaconda, a metre in circumference. Kind of frightens the life out. It's dead. It's dead. I mean, I'm sorry to uh, to ruin your day, because you'd think if a, if a snake is R.I.P. anaconda, you'd think if a snake had managed to get to be that size, it's obviously doing something right, but it was in a building that they blew up, but its head was flattened, so they think maybe somebody probably... Ra- You're not going to argue with something this big. When you've seen the pictures of it in the paper, I'll tell you, you will be going, woo, thank goodness I'm not there. There used to be a programme on the telly where the bloke used to go out and try and find anacondas in these swamps. These things just literally wrap themselves around you. It's like a film. Wrap themselves around you, and then they just sort of drag you under. Oh, no, thank you very much indeed. Not me and snakes. Can you believe this year's Furby at John Lewis? Says Glenis is £129. New boxed, unopened original 1998 Furbies on eBay, over 300 uh, I've got six. I've got six brand new Furbies at home from 1998. And probably a bit before, I can't remember. Whenever it came out, I bought loads of them. And two I kept out of the boxes, but they developed flu. And there's another four in the boxes. So I've got six in total. But the four in the boxes are untouched. I've also got two ETs, ET phone home, with a light-up finger. I've got a Dalek uh, from when they all came out. I bought all these things, and they're still in the boxes. And, of course, I've still got my Stife Paddington bear. I've also got Piglet, Eeyore, and a load of other Stife creatures. I've got all sorts of things, actually. Not much use to me when I'm alive, because I don't need the money, luckily. But uh, I'm sure that my brother will be eBaying like there's, uh, like there's no tomorrow. 
So if they're going for over 300 on eBay, I've done very well with them. Very, Because you remember that uh, there was a shortage of Furbies one year. And they said, uh, you, you can't get them for love nor money. And I walked into Argos in Richmond, which isn't there anymore. And they had three behind the till. But there was a, a new girl on the till, and I didn't, I didn't know about the thing. And so I said, oh, can I take those three there? She said, yes. Yeah. So you put them down, put them in a bag. I paid for them. And as I was sort of wandering about, the bloke comes out, the manager, and he goes, where are the Furbies? She said, I've just sold them. He said, what, to three people? She said, no, to one person. I was out that door so fast. So fast. Because he said, it's only supposed to be one per, per customer. Well, I've got them. And uh, one of them's a British Furby. It's got the Furby sort of British flag on it. And, there's, uh, and the other three, I can't remember what they've got. But, uh, either way, all worth money. All worth money. But only if you want to sell them. Only if you want to sell them. If you don't want to sell anything, it's not worth any money at all. But I've liked, I've, I've have collected stuff that uh, that could be sold. I bought. I've got two books at home. They're not of any interest to anybody apart from magicians uh, or people who've been to Las Vegas. And it's the Secret and Roy story in a six hundred dollar book with a piece with with DVDs of the shows. Uh, of uh, contracts and everything else, and a piece of the material that was over the uh, the hotel, the Mirage. And um, and so I bought two of these books. Don't ask me why. I went, I went through a phase of buying two of everything. So I've got two of these books. And uh, I like to buy things. The more expensive they are, the more they then go into, into free-fall. And that's when they start picking up, picking up the money. But, you know, I'm not a collector. Don't get me wrong. I'm not this, this sort of person that goes out there trying to collect things raising money for the future. I just, it just doesn't interest me. I'm not like that. Family judge for 30 years was Judge Judy, says Maggie. Could she see her giving soft sentences to fraudsters or benefit cheats? No. That's why I'm a bit disappointed in the court system in this country. They get people who've been, you know, caught out for doing all sorts of misdemeanors, and they go, so-and-so got 15 hours community service. Whereas I'm thinking, firing squad. You know, I'm not, I'm not thinking benevolently at all. Anybody who sort of cheats other people, not my sort of thing. I do want a bit of, a bit of peace, I suppose, and quiet for, uh, for Kerry. And this is Ben Needham's mother. They're going to start digging today. Uh, the witness has broken a 25-year silence. Mum's agonising wait for grim news because we don't know. So they're going to start digging. You thought that actually before they even got round to digging, and I don't want to sort of point out the patently obvious, but if you can see what's under the ground, why haven't they done geophysic? The geophysics you see on Time Team, where they go work up and down, and then they can see where something is, and then they can dig there. If they're looking for a child, it will show up as a shape under the ground with geophysics. Why are they going to start digging it up? I've got no idea. Far too dangerous. Far too dangerous. Uh, back to Mary Berry. And we've got two bits of news about Mary Berry. I know for all you Bake Off fans, you, you like the programme. But if, you actually, if it actually comes down to it, she's just a lovely lady who eats a little bit of food and will tell you, oh, this is the best I've ever eaten. And that's it. That's what they do on the programme. But she says she's got no plans to retire. Her agent said that. The agent, of course, is hoping that she lives forever because that's how the agent's making money. Uh, she said she would stay with the BBC out of loyalty. Agent Fiona Lindsay... I if that's... Let's, oh, I'm trying to think who actually Fiona Lindsay is. I'm trying to think. It's a familiar name to me. Uh, says she would not be bowing out any time soon as there's lots of exciting pro- projects coming up. Oh, right. So she's also got um, two BBC Bake Off Christmas specials and a Sainsbury's Kitchen product range. And there you go. And um, 
Joe Brand, presenter of the An Extra Slice spin-off, said of Mary, I'm 20 years younger and I'd like to put my feet up. She's amazing. <laughs> she is amazing. She's amazing. But she likes what she does. She cooks. That's what she does. For... She doesn't see it as any hardship. Probably the biggest hardship for Mary Berry is getting her hair done all the time. You know, having her makeup done. But that's, you know, that's what she likes doing. She likes cooking. She comes from a, a generation. You know, I've lots of aunties and uncles, aunties mainly, who cooked. I don't think any of the men cooked in our family. Uh, here we go. The Royals on the tour. The first visit for a foursome. Uh, Prince George is out there. It's all very wonderful. And uh, Charlotte's sitting there. Probably can't hear a thing because I've flown in on an aircraft and she's gone completely deaf. And uh, Trudeau tries to uh, give a handshake to George, but uh, he's obviously not been well-trained at all because he doesn't do handshakes with people he doesn't know, even though his father said, shake his hand. And it's a case of, you know what kids are like? Nope, shan't do it. And, uh, and then they've got all the baggage that comes off and all the other things. They've got a picture of the man who's been quizzed after the Pippa pictures were hacked from iCloud. And uh, he's an Xbox fan, that's all I know. Uh, he's a, a cyber crook, they say. That's, uh, and that's all. But he, he offered the, uh, the pictures, apparently, to the Sun for £50,000. Obviously means they're going fairly cheaply. I would have thought, actually, if you're going to do anything, offer them to an American newspaper. They'd be far willing at the National Enquirer to buy stuff like that than they would. In this country, the Sun had played a blinder. They managed to get the story, but they managed to dob him into the police at the same time. This is the person who's trying to sell these pictures. Whether or not it was him who actually had them, I don't know. Uh, and the privacy laws are a little bit lax in it. They, they'll print anything. I mean, let's face it, you're looking at the National Enquirer. They printed the picture of River Phoenix in his coffin because they, uh, they put a little tiny camera in a buttonhole of one of his relatives who were allowed to go and see the body, and they got the picture, which went on the front of the Enquirer. Their argument was, let this be a lesson to anybody who wants to take drugs. That was what the argument was. And so, consequently, uh, they, uh, they got away with it. But, you know, a picture of River Phoenix in his coffin was not the best-looking picture that anybody ever wanted to see. It was, a, it was great. You know, you don't want to see that if that's your family member. You don't want to see that kind of thing. Not in a magazine. It was like the, uh, the super injunctions that we have in this country. Over in America, in an island, I think, they had no such thing at all. And so the front pages of the magazines were full of stories of, uh, of celebrities who'd taken out super injunctions to stop people hearing about their, uh, their love life. And, of course, everybody knew about it. That's what the stupid thing was. They took out a super injunction, but everybody knew about it. Because people had said, oh, it's this person. It's that the internet was absolutely awash with who are these stars who take out the super injunctions. It was there. Arnold Palmer's died, I should mention, in case you've just woken up. Uh, the American golfing legend. 87. I mean, he was a legend, but I don't know what he was a legend for. I don't know why I know about Arnold Palmer. Unless he brought out a set of golf clubs or something like that, because I don't know anything about golf. The only thing I know about golf is a lot of boring people play it. I mean, uh, the only thing I know about him, I mean, he, was, he, he had a humble background. He was, he was plain speaking. I think he was actually part of the big three, you know, if memory serves, with people like Jack Nicklaus, Gary Player, I suppose. Then he got, didn't he get that, oh, what did he get? He got that PGA tour, the Lifetime Achievement thing. I think that was way back in about 1997, 97, 98. And uh, he was also, I think, in about 1970... I can't ever remember these bloody dates. 74, was it? But he, he was inducted into the World Golf Hall of Fame. His middle name was Daniel. Nobody ever called him Danny, though. Never at all. Nickname was The King. That's what they called him. Uh, he, was, he was 87. He, uh, he died the other day. He turned professional in... Uh, I was going to say the year I was born. Well, that's giving it away, isn't it? 1954. Retired, I think, about 2006... And uh, 
And he won the Masters, I think it was either th- three times, three times, four times I think he won the Masters. But uh, I think that was, that would have been, wait a minute, the first time he won it, four years after he uh, became professional, so that would have been 58. Then he didn't get it the next year, but he got it 60. Two years later, he got 62, then he got 64. So four times. There you go. Considering I know nothing about him, I think I did quite well, actually. Finding out all about him, you know, as you do. Uh, I like Judge Judy, Steve. Loads of people write to me saying how much they like Judge Judy. I think she's no nonsense. I think she's no nonsense, and I think she's uh, she's a force to be reckoned with. I like her on television. Everybody's just ripped her off. They've all done it. Judge Judge Rinder uh, has just completely ripped off the programme. It's exactly the same, only with somebody who's who's not, not particularly interesting. She seems to know more about it, and he seems to do all the people who just want to be on television which is a little bit, uh, little bit worrying. Uh, I've not tried the new um, attraction in Brighton, Sean, mainly because it keeps breaking down. And so uh, this is the i360. I don't want to go on anything that, frankly, you don't, have a, you, you don't stand, stand a chance of sort of actually getting down from. I want to make sure it's got all the certificates, thank you. Anna says, I've got a letter from Michael Bond. Do you think the letter has value? Everything's got value, yeah. If it's signed by him, if it's handwritten, you know, then they're always worth a bit more. Uh, somebody says, I get the impression you're a hoarder. Um, no, I'm not a hoarder. Yeah, I'm a hoarder. I love hoarding things. I, uh, I have an inability to throw things out. I ca- my, my brother and friends are constantly saying to me, why don't you just throw things out? Like DVDs. You go, what are you mad? I've just bought them. Why would I want to throw them out? And they go, listen, throw this out. You've not seen that for it. I can't throw it out. How tidy are my floors? Not very tidy. Not very tidy. But I quite like that, you see. I quite Because I know where everything is. I know where everything is. And I've got so many thousands of DVDs. And I've got them on shelves. I've got them stacked up. I've got them in, in uh, cabinet sort of things. What would I have the most of? Yeah, DVDs I would have the most of. And uh, CDs and stuff like that. Books. I've not got as many books. Not got as many books. But I do end up with all these things. I've got a big cupboard halfway down the hall, and it is chock-a-block with everything. I've still got a Sony V8 camera, which is sort of like a big, the forerunner to the video cameras. Lovely. Love it. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Somebody caught... Oh, I've lost it now. Honestly, you try and find these things, and they vanish. Where's it gone to? Where's it gone to? Somebody says, um, uh, Paul, he says, why do you abuse people you never met or know nothing about? Such a big man. What a life you live. Who are you? I'm the person you're writing to. Are you that stupid? And then I checked on poor little Paul's profile. He's a PlayStation addict and he drinks Stella. And he's only got ten friends. Oh dear. I think we put you down as alcoholic non-savable. I think we have to at that moment. Of course I know about all these people. I've been doing this for 40 years. I know all about these people. Quite clearly a lot more than you do. Uh, We inherited an old Paddington bear, part of the family. Oh, I like that idea, actually. Uh, the Twitter machine, David, is working today. Thank you very much indeed. And um, and uh, somebody says, I love your show. Polish people listen to you. I couldn't care less. Seriously, I, I don't differentiate between people who listen. I couldn't care less. I've said before, whether Polish, Romanian, Slovakian, Chinese, East European rent boys, it makes no difference to me at all. I couldn't care less. You don't, the, uh, you know, the, the audience isn't categorised by sort of nationality or race. It makes no difference whether Polish people listen to this programme or, you know, anybody else. I couldn't care less whether you're black, white, green, pink with blue dots, bisexual, transgender. I don't care. Really doesn't make any difference. Uh, should be asleep. But absolutely no chance with your show on today. So it says, hope your security is good at home. Um, 
16 CCTV cameras, I think is fairly good, and, uh, and a secure system, the like of which you've never... You can't move on our, our property without being caught by CCTV and recorded 24 hours a day. So, uh, oh, yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. We have hard drive. It's, uh, we've got cameras everywhere. You can't move on any part of the building without, uh, without being caught by a camera. So uh, we've never had a break-in at all. I could say that quite categorically because you'd never get through the uh, through the uh, the door system. You really wouldn't. That's what I like. Actually, I love things like that. Uh, also, they're talking today about the youngest captain. She's. Would you have any faith if somebody came on and said, "Hello, uh, I'm your captain today, Kate McWilliams." I wouldn't know how old somebody was. There was a lady who phoned up earlier on to speak to Darren, and she said she was seventy. Well, I wouldn't know she was seventy. You've got no idea when you hear somebody's voice. You don't know how old they are, do you? But uh, this uh, girl is believed to be the youngest. Ever commercial airline pilot. Uh, she flies with EasyJet. Oh, so she'll be about to go on strike then. That'll be the. Go- oh no, they've cancelled the strike, haven't they? But they're looking at something else. And so she flies all over the place. Uh, she did begin a commercial pilot's training program on her nineteenth birthday. So anybody can do it. Just got to have the aptitude. And um, she says, uh, I get asked all the time how old I am, and she's twenty six. She looks a lot younger, but she's a pilot. But we have had this on the EasyJet programme when I think they got the first female pilots and they had all these blokes from Liverpool and they were going, oh, the girl, can you fly all the way? All this kind of stuff. They were literally taking the mickey out of the fact that she was the pilot, whereas, in fact, she was better qualified to do the job than they, than they could ever hope to do. She was just brilliant because that's what she did. She trained as a pilot. She trained as a pilot. She wasn't trained as cabin crew. She trained as a pilot and they were sort of surprised when she got them to the other end and landed it. Whereas, in fact, 90% of these planes can land by themselves. You just push a button and it will, it will land. Uh, the bronze statue of comedy, uh, picked by Victoria Wood fans. Uh, it's going to be predict- um, depicted. One of her uh, characters, which character would it be? Um, intra- uh, intra- uh, sorry, interestingly enough... Uh, they've got a donation already from Dame Judy Dench. He's got £18,000 of his £20,000 target. And uh, then you can go, you can visit www.berry.gov.uk forward slash Victoria to cast your vote on which character of Victoria Woods you would like to see. Paddington Bear is down at Euston Station, isn't he? Is it Euston Station? Is, is it? No, he's not at Paddington Station, though, is he? Is he? Are you sure? I'm sure that he's he's pictured down at Euston Station. I could be wrong. I don't like to admit I'm wrong on these things, but are you sure? He's definitely at Paddington Station, is he? Yeah, I know the book's named after this. I just want, for some reason I thought it was at who's at Euston Station? There's a Paddy, there's um somebody at Euston Station. I can't remember who the thing is there, but it's Paddington Station, is it? God, I'm saying, how to be wrong on a Monday morning. You can imagine how fed up I'm now feeling, can't you? Nothing worse than getting something wrong. I just remember seeing the, the picture, and I, th- I didn't think it was Paddington Station. But obviously, Robert Stevenson, he's at Euston, is he? Oh, right, that's right. Oh, right. What about, what's the other station down there? St Pancras. Who's at St Pancras? That's John Betjeman. Come bombs rain on slough. Should have put him in slough, shouldn't they, really? People could have pelted him with rotten eggs, going, boo, boo, boo. <laughs> oh, he's, a, he's there, is he? He's at... So he's at... At what? Which one? He's at some... Pack- Who's at King's Cross? Have they not got... They must have a statue at King's Cross. They must have. It's not physically possible. 
Go on, tell me it's Paddington. They've got two in. <laughs> I'd love it. If it, if it said Paddington, I should be whooping it up with the best of them. What is it? What does it say? Nigel Gresley, who made some old... Oh, it's not as exciting, is it, really? I'm a bit unhappy about that. Oh, how lovely that Paddington... My brother's a huge fan of Paddington. Loves Paddington Bear. It was his uh, daughter's birthday the other day, and she celebrated her 25th... I find it hard to believe, and my brother doesn't look old enough to actually have children, but uh, I think she was uh, 25. 25, I think. Uh, Also, that story that we ran the other day, this is the most bizarre story. The most bizarre story uh, of the uh, man called Mark Anwar, a Pakistani-born actor who posted racist tweets. Uh, I can't repeat any of them at all. They are totally unrepeatable. But uh, they fired him from, from Coronation Street. Uh, he's, he's gone. He was called in and they got rid of him immediately. Immediately. And so uh, they're now having to rewrite. They're going to have to rewrite the stuff that they filmed six weeks ago. Because most of the soaps, as you know... Uh, runs six weeks backwards. They just have to do all sorts of things to try and get it right. And so this time they're going to have to write him out. He was writing... I can't repeat any of it. I tried to yesterday, but it's it's just non-repeatable. You'll have to open up the papers there. You can read it and uh, and find out exactly uh, what was what was said. Uh, not so good, actually. Not so good. Uh, another one here, very quickly. Try and get some more of these in. What's the the most ridiculous thing that you've ever booked time off work for most people book time off work don't they for uh, for sort of weddings and stuff like that or hospital appointments funerals is fairly popular but they don't have to give you the time off if it's not immediate family they don't have to give you time off uh, 84850 steve at uk. and uh, except for very intelligent listeners wasn't Paul Rude Paddington is it Paddington I know, I should have known that, actually. I should have known Paddington at Paddington, which is, uh, you know... I should have realised it was there because the whole books were based around uh, Paddington uh, Paddington and coming in there. Uh, somebody who doesn't know if they're Anton or Anthony, he's, uh, he's, really, he's really peculiar. He's obviously got one hell of a big chip on his shoulder. How you were never uh, blocked, I've got no idea, so I've just helped you out. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he seems to think I'm told who to interview. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Never never, never told to interview anybody. They, they give me a list. I've explained it to you once before, but unfortunately now you can't reply to me, which is a shame, really, because it now means that you'll have to go and write to Samaritans again or something. But, um, no, they, they, they offer me a list, and they say, who do you want to talk to? And then I go, yes, yes, I'll do this person or that person. Or, no, I won't do that. I've already turned down uh, Judge S. Rinder. Thank you very much indeed. Not remotely interested. Not remotely interested. Never told to do anything. You really you obviously don't understand how the business works. Otherwise, you wouldn't be that stupid. Uh, 84850, uk, And uh, uh, Kelly says, I think Paul, the PlayStation addict, should be in the no-friend zone. I think he's in it already, actually. He plays PlayStation and he drinks Stella. Imagine putting that up on your Twitter feed. What a saddo. What a saddo. Now no friends at all, so perhaps perhaps more alcohol, I suspect, would be the way forward. Uh, Daily Star today. We'll come to it in a moment. Uh, they're all saying fans are lashing out over hot bay. They're not fans. These are, these are internet trolls. These are people like Paul, bit sad, bit lonely, don't have anybody to write to, so they just sort of write to people and go, oh, you know, this is being fixed so that Daisy Lowe can win. Nobody knows who she is. 
you know, nobody knows who she is. Apparently she's some model of some sort. But, I mean, apart from that, might as well stick her in the same camp as poor old Dom Jolly. Both have careers going absolutely nowhere. There's nothing you could do about it. It's just the way it is. You can't help people like that. It's not their fault, is it, really? Uh, I'm also going to be... What's the other thing I was going to be doing? Oh, yes. This uh, male, which is sent to prisons, soaked in drugs. So they then get the post and then presumably they suck the envelope. 58 people have died so far. You'd have to be stupid, wouldn't you, though? Somebody says, oh, we, by the way, we've actually soaked the envelope in drugs, let it dry out, then we've posted it, thinking we can get through the system. Unfortunately, what they've done is just alleviated the, uh, the overcrowding in prisons because 58 people have died. You'd have to be stupid, wouldn't you, really, to actually take drugs that way. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. All the speculation over the uh, the baking programme going to Channel 4, and now the Commons Select Committee is saying we're going to be asking questions. Whereas you really think they should be minding their own business and getting on with something a little bit more serious than a programme about baking cakes on the television. Um, now comes the story that Channel 4 chiefs are lining up a gay baker to take over and be the new Mary Berry. Well, unless he's going to have an operation live on air, I think there's no point in that at all. No point. There's no point in, you know, being the new Mary. There is no new Mary Berry. There's just Mary Berry. Anybody who tries to copy Mary Berry, Berry just be ridiculous. And why there would be a, a gay baker. I didn't even know there was such a thing. They're not running that bakery over in Ireland, are they? They're not, are they the gay bakers? Oh, no, there were people who asked for the gay cake and the bakery didn't want to do it. No, this is... Uh, producers are keen on signing an Australian called Dan Leppard for their new-look Great British Bake Off next year. They see no reason why Paul Hollywood cannot have a man as a sidekick. Uh, Dan appears to be uh, a good fit. First of all, he's no stranger to Bake Off. He was a judge on the Australian version. He's got close ties with Channel 4. He's a regular guest on their Sunday brunch show. He's married to business manager David Whitehouse. Admitted he struggled as a judge on Bake Off because of all the eating. Oh, God, how dull and dreary. So his claim to fame is... He's a gay baker. That, that is it. They don't talk about his skills. They talk about the fact he's gay and who he's married to. I mean, who is remotely... In a, I mean, can't they find an attractive gay person? Why do they have to be unattractive? Give it to Tom Daly. Give it to, you know, anybody, but don't give it to an unattractive, stereotypical gay bloke. It's like giving it to Judge Rinder, isn't it? Sorry, Robert Rinder. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Can't we just have somebody who sort of, you know, looks normal as opposed to somebody who looks... I mean, I've lost track of the amount of programmes on the television where it's gay couples going out looking for houses to live together. Have you heard of such a thing? Two men, same sex, living together. Good grief. I nearly fell off the settee. And then the other day, as if it couldn't get any worse, two women living together. Living together and looking for a house together on the television. They've started doing it more and more. I'm surprised. The only thing we haven't seen is black couples. That's the one thing we seem to be missing on all these housing programmes. Don't black people buy houses or something? Or, or, are they, or are they that sensible they don't want to go on a silly programme which sort of shows them round houses? Because I just don't see many black couples on there. Loads of gay men. Loads of gay women. I haven't seen any tr- transgenders at the moment, but I'm sure that will... Uh, that, that'll be around the corner, won't it? The transgender... I mean, we, it just seems to be everywhere now. I'm really hoping that Channel 4 push the boundaries a little bit and have a transgender newsreader on. You know, I see no reason why... I mean, couldn't they get a, one of those Thai lady boys over who could sort of do, do something like that? There was um, a programme about the Thai lady boys again on the television the other day. Looking at a club, I think, called Alcabar or something like that. 
where they do a ladyboy show, and they're all very, very pretty. When they get too old to be in the show, and uh, nobody loves a ladyboy when she's over 30, uh, they go and work in the office of this club, which seems to employ loads and loads of people. And the woman who runs the club also has got 7-Eleven. She's got three, but she only employs ladyboys. That's all she employs. I think she's got one real woman in one of them. She said, ah, oh, she real woman. And all the rest of them are all ladyboys. Which was fascinating. It's like a hole in Pattaya. It's, it's a whole industry based around ladyboys working as hookers. And they need to make a lot of money to pay for their rooms and everything else. But they go into this big show, this big, you know, we would call it a drag show. They call it a ladyboy show. And they're all, and it's a, it's a proper-sized theatre. It's all, it's all quite normal over there. So I see no reason why we shouldn't have one of those house programmes. You know, and we ha- as far as I know, I don't think the BBC have actually got any transgender reporters. Very remiss of them. Very remiss. They're missing an opportunity. They really should. They have got the guy in Beirut who takes his shirt off. I suspect there's more of that story to come out, actually. I suspect that's why. He's, you know, he's, he's posting pictures of him with his shirt off in the gymnasium. I mean, slightly disturbing. Slightly disturbing. And then when he was doorstepped, he had no comment. Unusual, isn't it, for a reporter? You'd think he'd be able to actually talk about something. The BBC didn't have any comment at all. This is James Longman. He's won fans for his movie star. Nobody's ever heard of him up until now. And so he normally does gritty things. But then he was in the gym. And being the vain person that he is, he's uh, taken a picture of himself. I wonder if he has a girlfriend. But anyway, he's, um, he's an ex-public schoolboy. Apparently he was head boy. I bet he was. And he's in the gym. Of course, the interesting thing is, I'm looking at hair dryers on the right-hand side. I think they're hair dryers, but he's got lots of compliments. And the good news is that... Obviously, the BBC have run out of people to big up anymore because, you know, ever since Sooty left the uh, the thing, they, they, they had. They've had nobody at all. And so they've managed to find a couple of people who've gone, Quar, isn't he great in this? And he's appeared on poor old Victoria Derbyshire's show. And let's face it, the one thing she needs is an audience. You know, it's, it's struggling. You know, there's more people working on the show than there is watching the blooming thing. And so if they say he's going to be on it then hopefully people will watch the show for him. But the trouble is he's got nothing in common with the people who would watch Victoria Derbyshire. You know, somebody described him as a, as a young Richard Gere. That's a bloke called Joel. So, obviously, Joel's got his, uh, got his sights set. I should imagine, actually, that uh, the 29-year-old journalist who's halfway through a two-month stint in Beirut must be delighted that so many gay men are uh, hitting on him here. But uh, somebody says, I've just come across him. He's absolutely gorgeous. And he's got uh, all sorts of, mainly male admirers. Mainly, uh, of course, you always get the sad woman who writes, marry me, as if, you know, that'll be somebody who doesn't stand a chance of ever being married. But uh, has anybody else seen how sexy James Longman is? He's a treat for the eyes of the news. He's covered in makeup. He takes his shirt off. In fact, really, I think Victoria Derbyshire, you know, just to try and get an audience, but it's, it's not working, um, should really say to him, listen, can you take your shirt off for us while you're doing the bulletin? You know, what would be the matter with that? He's happy to take his shirt off and post it and then send it while he's in the gym. Who would be looking at that? Emma wrote, seeing him on the TV in the morning definitely starts my day well, although the terrible things he's reporting bring me down again. So happy, sad, happy, sad. It's a yo-yo existence for poor Emma Luxton, the poor soul who... uh, Oh, there he is. Oh, depressing news. Oh, depressing news. Come home to a real holiday home. Buy one in Syria. I don't think so. So he's only there, and um, he's a former head boy, and he's reported for the Victoria Derbyshire show and covered terror attacks in Paris and Nice, like journalists do. So in other words, he's just bog-standard BBC, and they're obviously trying to sort of big him up a little bit. 
But of course, halfway down the line, it's all going to go pear-shaped. I bet you anything I could just say. Because when he declined to discuss his growing fan base, he said, I'm very flattered. The BBC also declined to comment. But you would think, actually, he would want to do that. But of course, he's probably going, oh, God. Oh, God, they're all looking at my picture, which is the one that he took of him in the gym in front of the mirror with his shirt off. You know, nobody forced him to do it. He hasn't actually had sort of private coaching in taking his shirt off. He just is who he sent it to. I've got no idea. Did he send it to his Twitter? Does he have Twitter followers? He sent it to Instagram, did he? Oh, dear. So he's obviously a bit of a big head as well. He obviously thinks that people are interested in seeing that. Does he have Twitter feed? Does he have Twitter feed? Let's find out if uh, Mr Longman has Twitter feed. I always like to know these kind of things. I'm always, I'm always fascinated by it. Oh, we think we might have... Yes, we found him. He has a Twitter feed. And um, does he have anything remotely interesting? Not really. No. No. He's just doing typical journalist things. And... Uh, and that's it, talking about whatever's, uh, whatever's going on out there. He just reports from Syria. These are just reports from Syria. How many people has he got following him? I imagine after this thing, probably thousands. 10,000. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. He sent out 3,500 tweets, 508 people following him. Oh, well, he's doing quite well. But, uh, but I have to be honest. Uh, I've got... See, he's actually got... He's got 10,000 following. And then he's got... Uh, what did he send out? 3,559 tweets. That's quite a lot, isn't it, really? Whereas I've got 29,000 following, and he's got 500... No, he's followers. 29,000 I've got. He's got 10,000. But he sent out a lot of tweets. I don't know how many tweets I've sent out. I can't find out how many tweets I've sent out. Probably a lot, actually. But, uh, you know, if I took my shirt off, do you think I would get any more people who'd been, who being... Who's, who's following him? Who's following him? Oh, oh right... <laughs> There's a surprise. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to uh, just to laugh at actually somebody who's following him. That's very funny. <laughs> Wait a minute, what does that tell us then about Mr Longman? <laughs> Sorry, Mr Longman, we're on your case already. We're on your case already. But uh, he declined to discuss his growing fan base. I think they should doorstep him from Sky News. I think that'd be quite funny, actually. Just trying to find out what makes a good journalist. Get your shirt off. Come on, get your shirt off. Just go down to the gym. Uh, apparently you're very inspiring now we must call gay women boy women and girl women oh I lose track of it honestly I just I cannot cope with how many different names we've got for people Uh, Steve I can't believe how much fuss they're making about a flipping cake show now it's being discussed by the select committee Yes, yes, I mean, you can't, you can't believe it, can you? The BBC, a public service broadcaster, talking about baking cakes. That was never in the remit, was it? Never in the remit. Uh, the status Paddington, uh, the station Paddington has Paddington Bear on the course, and Robert Louis Stevenson along the platform, one on the left, King's Cross, and Nigel Gresley, the flying Scotsman, a mallard locomotive designer, says Steve, in Potter's Bar. Thank you. I don't know why I didn't think that Paddington would be at Paddington Station. I mean, that's really me just being completely dumb this morning. But as I say, only once in 40 years is not too bad at all, is it? You know, if you're sort of doing it by, uh, by achievement. Paddington Bear, Paddington Station. And uh, somebody else says, yes, he's at Paddington Station, Steve. You should have known it. I did know it, actually. I was just being particularly stupid this morning. But it's Monday. I think you're allowed to be a bit daft, aren't you, on a Monday? I don't actually think that when you sort of get up at stupid o'clock and when I woke up and coughed for the first ten minutes, thinking, oh, please make it go away. And uh, Michael in Stoke says, you should go on Bake Off. You'd give the show a bit of pizzazz. I can't cook. I can't cook. I really can't cook. I wouldn't be remotely interested. That's why one has servants in this day and age. You know, I mean, one doesn't have to learn to cook. You know, I can, I can take stuff out of a packet and I can put it into, uh, into an oven. 
I did it yesterday. I was very good. I did a chicken and leek pie. Well, I say I did. St Michael made it. I just had to put it in the oven. And, and I did it with, um, with Brussels sprouts. But unfortunately, they were slightly more al dente than I wanted them to be. So I should have cooked them a little bit harder. But yes, I mean, going back to my sprout obsession, I had sprouts with it thinking, because I don't think I've eaten greens for a while and I'm missing greens. I need to get back into the green thing. Everybody keeps telling me, oh, you know, you've got to eat greens because it's very, very good for you. And you should do all sorts of things. I'm an avid listener of yours between bouts of sleep, says Patricia. Please don't knock golfers. I'm also a golfer. Oh, don't tell. Listen, I've got friends who are golfers. Believe you me, you could sit there till the blooming cows came home trying to explain to me the delights of golf and it would go in one ear and out the other. I could not care less. A couple of friends of mine have the Barmy Arms down in Twickenham. Uh, Alec and Henry, they are obsessed with golf. They love golf. They would get, you know, they go on golfing holidays. They love it. I stayed in Vegas at a hotel. And I checked in fairly late, and as usual, all the curtains are drawn uh, when you go into the room, and it was a huge room. And in the morning, I threw the curtains back. I'm overlooking a golf course. At five in the morning, there are people on the golf course. Dear me. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Ten to six is the time. It's Monday morning, the day that you hate... Because you've had the weekend, if you've not been feeling very well and you were hoping it was going to disappear and you've woken up this morning to discover that you still don't feel very well, you're going to have to make that phone call, aren't you? If you really don't feel that well, you're going to have to literally pick up the phone, call work and go, listen, I just don't feel up to it. Because this coldy thing that's doing the rounds, always before the, the flu jab, isn't it? Always before the flu jab. It gets people down. People get really fed up with it because you feel fine. You just sort of just you you're a bit lacklustre. You haven't got the energy to drag yourself out of bed. Whereas I sort of did drag myself out of bed this morning. No voice. Luckily, within about 10 minutes, we were sort of we were back to normal. And then it was all ruined again by the fact that Matt LeBlanc is apparently. Well, according to the papers, I have to take it all with a pinch of salt. He signed a deal worth two million to be the sole Top Gear host. He's probably never earned two million in his entire life. And for hosting a programme that costs about £750,000 an episode to transmit, who's going to be watching it? He's hardly the most exciting thing on the television. Who would I put on it? I don't know who I'd put on it. The original people. That's who I'd put on it. But, of course, they're now making the show for Amazon, and I think that starts transmitting very shortly. But that's, they never should have got rid of them. They never should have got rid of them. They, they really shouldn't have done. They, they should have done some deal with this producer who... Um, who we haven't heard of since, actually, he sort of disappeared. Not that I was expecting to hear anything from him, but uh, basically because uh, because one member of the team decided to have a bit of a bit of a strop over some food. You can understand it. You know, you arrive at a hotel, you're cold and you're fed up late at night and you want to get some hot food and you can't get hot food, so you take it out on somebody. I don't figure, I don't figure. I could understand that. And ever since then, the programme's gone down the hill. But being the old BBC and wasting your money like they do... They um, they actually sort of decided to run with it and put Chris Evans on there, who normally can turn a programme round, and then they put on Matt LeBlanc. They didn't appear to get on together. It was just a waste of money. It was a waste of money. Nobody was interested in watching the programme. The audience were disappearing faster than the people working on the show. So, in the end, you've sort of lost a good programme, which was hosted by some really good people, and and then because of one little misdemeanour, whatever happened to three strikes in your out? You know, for goodness sake. Uh, Ashton Keys Warding Guys Hospital, says uh, William. 
Arnie was responsible for popularising golf. After some success on the golf tour, he was approached to lend his name in the States to a series of crazy golf sites. The idea exploded and his fortune was made. The problem, uh, the ward I'm on, is a urology ward dealing mostly with prostate problems, though lots of gallows humour among the chaps. I'm in with an infection. Oh, luckily for you, they have antibiotics. And he says, I'm, I'm welcoming back parts of my anatomy. Lovely. I think that's too much information. Uh, they play so early, says uh, Mr P, Phil, uh, because of the heat. I tried playing golf in Barbados at lunchtime and the locals were laughing at me. I played two holes and gave up. That You're probably absolutely right. Vegas is in the middle. I looked out and, the, and at five o'clock in the morning they were dragging their little carts over there playing golf because I should imagine later on in the day it's just too hot. It's too hot to walk around in, in Vegas, isn't it? So you're probably absolutely right. Absolutely right on that one. I wouldn't have known that, though. Uh, somebody says you ever interviewed Paul Merton. Huge fan. Huge fan. Uh, LeBlanc uh, earned a million dollars a week on Friends. Well, looky here. Yeah, but this is just for a programme here. It's a two million pound, only a six programme deal. So actually doing doing quite well, I would have thought, actually. Almost nearly as good as uh, as that money there. Million dollars a week. Didn't seem to serve him any uh, anything well. He went on to do that Joey remake. They thought it was going to work, and it it didn't. I'm afraid. Uh, ah, sprouts again, says Bernie and the Bishop's Wife. Must be nearly Christmas. The Bishop's Wife. You never seen it? Get it. Great film for Christmas. And um, Steve, the Lady Boys, stunning. They could give a lip syncing show, RuPaul competition, says Sue Ann. Yeah, I mean they they're very good at everything. They just look stunning. They look absolutely stunning. And uh, don't feel bad about Paddington, Steve. An old boyfriend of mine once said they've trawled the whole length of Loch Lomond and they've never found the Loch Ness Monster. It is true, actually. It is true. They've never found the thing. It doesn't exist, that's why. You can't sort of make something exist. I like the story. Well, I don't, actually. I'm afraid we're going to be uh, taking the mickey out of uh, Uxbridge Police Station. Uxbridge Police Station obviously didn't have somebody on the front desk the other day who had a brain because a lady found a knife in a park. A knife. And she tried to hand it into police. She was told to travel four miles to put the weapon in a special bin. So the mum of three found the blade in North Holt, which is in northwest London, and she drove to Uxbridge Police Station to hand it in. She was told to take it to Hayes Station instead. Four miles away. The Met bosses have now said they got it wrong. They should have taken the knife at Uxbridge. But of course they should have done. Who was running the desk at that time? What idiot. Some woman comes in. She's found a knife. And they go, well, I have to take it to Hayes Police Station. What? Oi, where's your brain cell? Hello, let's blow through your ear, shall we? No. Tumbleweed. Tumbleweed, completely. How ridiculous. No, you take it to Hayes. (laughs) Uh, Another one here. Uh, A lot of people talking about Paddington and the... I don't know why I didn't. Why I didn't think about that. I mean, I must be completely mad. Completely, completely mad. Um, the drug-soaked mail story is is a danger for many people uh, because letters have led to the deaths of 58 lags in UK jails. This is drugs. The The letter is soaked... <coughs> excuse me, in the, in the drug. Um, the odourless, colourless substances, including spice are being sent in the post or carried into prisons via newspapers and magazines. A tiny scrap of paper impregnated with the drug can then be rolled into a cigarette and smoked. 30 months to January, 58 deaths. Obviously somebody on the outside not liking somebody on the inside. Uh, The death rate is three times higher than the previous 30 months. It comes in on blotting paper. It used to be done on blotting paper years ago. used to get highs from blotting paper. It would be put on there and then you would suck the blotting paper, as far as I remember. 
and uh, this is roughly the same kind of thing. Uh, they've said here, the Justice Secretary, that action is needed to stop the drug abuse in UK prisons. These drugs are wrecking havoc in the jails and ruining lives. Well, I mean, to be honest with you, you'd think after the first person died, they'd be issuing warnings going, if anybody gets these drugs sent in, just remember somebody in this prison has died. Two people, three people, four people, 20 people through uh, through taking these uh, these drugs. So be careful, be careful. But of course, people <coughs> excuse me, will take anything. Uh, obviously, to get through the uh, the prison system, they'll take in it. They, they fly them in in drones now, and they try and sort of capture these things. But of course, it doesn't it doesn't actually work. And so, if people die, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't be taking any drugs anytime soon. Where are the most inconsiderate drivers in the country? I don't know. And all the television programs, I think every time I turn on a television program, there's another set of drivers being rude and being being well, just blatantly lying. I mean, it's the lying that absolutely gets me every time. I told you last week, the programme in Australia, where they, they, the police watch the guy, he pulls into the side of the road, and then he swaps seats. And then he gets out of the car as if he wasn't driving. And so the police said, listen, do you have a driving licence? He said, well, I wasn't driving. They said, we've just seen you driving. We've just pulled in behind you. We saw you going past us with no lights on, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, he stands there and he tries to bluff it out. I mean, he's the thickest man under the sun. And he bluffs it and bluffs it and bluffs it. And the guy goes, listen, I don't care what you say. I saw you doing it. So they then say, give me a driving licence. I don't have a driving licence. Where's your passport? I don't have a passport. And so it goes on. And they're going, right, we're giving you this ticket. I was not driving the car. He said, I'm telling you I wasn't. But of course we knew he was lying because he goes onto his phone, talks to his friend in Hebrew, but of course the camera picks it up. They've got really sensitive microphones on these cameras and they just put the translation of what he's saying and he basically says to his friend, listen, I've just been caught by the police. I swapped seats and got out, but you need to come along and tell them you were driving the car. So his friend comes along and then the police say to him, listen, we know that you weren't in the car. A, you've got your shopping with you and uh, B, we didn't see you in that car at all. (coughs) Excuse me. And we can see you on the cameras that it's not you. There's nobody in the car apart from him. And uh, we're now going to do you for perjury. So he, he kind of rethinks the city. Meanwhile, the other bloke's still going, I was not driving the car. We think, you know, you have to be really thick. Anyway, you got fined about, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, $2,000, which I think is good. Dr. Ruth and Margaret, Margarita Prakatan, the same person doing the same act. Oh, God, if only. If only they were the same person. No, I, uh, I interviewed Margarita Prakatan. <laughs> and uh, it was... It was, it was an experience, put it that way. I don't know how I could describe it as anything else. Uh, boozing students hitting the streets for Freshers' Week, Bonanza. I, think, I thought that was an Americanism, Freshers' Week, isn't it? Very popular in this uh, country, the producer says. It's, very, so it's just people getting drunk, is it? Is that all it is? Oh, dangerous levels of drinking. So they've got lots of people, of, uh, people getting drunk. We have students in, in Twickenham. And to be honest with you, uh, I would think actually alcoholics would actually describe most of them. I've never seen people who are boozed up in the early hours of the morning as much of the, uh, as much of the people have uh, here. Who could also be going out to, uh, to the I'm a Celebrity jungle? Well, apart from Carol Vorderman, there's a few other names in the frames. I'm advising her not to go. She, she can't need the money. Please don't go to the jungle. It's not worth it. News at six coming up very shortly. Uh, It's time that uh, Ben Needham's family knew the truth. The digging starts today. 
I've said, why, why start digging? Why not geofizz? Uh, the Corrie writers now have to work really hard to rewrite a storyline. The actor uh, tweeted some really racist stuff. They fired him immediately. The terrible twos. You know, they say that with kids. Terrible twos, terrible threes, terrible fours, terrible fives. It's the parents' fault, apparently. Uh, singing is saving me, says Sir Tom Jones. Prince's snub to the Premier of Canada, Prince George. Not to shake hands with him. No, I won't. <laughs> so he didn't. Uh, Harry Potter blamed for the rise in exorcism. Uh, and uh, the strictly celebs at war over the alleged cheating. And oh, come all ye unfaithful, the vicar who loses his wife to an alcoholic. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Monday morning, the 26th of September. It's Steve Allen with you until 7. Nice to have your company this morning. So Matt LeBlanc signs a deal to be the sole Top Gear host. Might as well just uh, pack it off to the cemetery now. It's just not going to work, is it? Uh, Robbie Williams, three years out of the limelight. A bit too late for a comeback. He bought uh, bought a house. It might be bought Michael Winner's house, I think, uh, up in Kensington. And that's all he's done, though. He's just buy houses and tried to sell houses. And it's just he's not really bothered. But uh, he's got a new album coming out, I think, uh, around October, November. BHS is back online. So they're selling the, the company that bought it are going to start selling stuff online, I think, almost immediately. They've only got 84 employees, though. That was down from 11,000. But I'm sure they'll all be working really hard. And the Lotto Gran. She's, uh, she won the lottery, and she won a, f- a fair sum. And she's decided she wants to carry on playing bingo. So she's, <laughs> she's gone off to play bingo again. I suppose if you're addicted to bingo, like golf... You're not going to give it up just for a little thing like a lottery win, are you? Uh, Also, the wife beater, free to work on an abuse line for women. Quite understand that one. Uh, Also, the biggest snake in the world. They found a 33-foot-long anaconda. It's enormous. I mean, it's absolutely huge. Uh, I I really don't know what this thing would eat. But uh, whatever it is, it's not going to be eating anymore because it's it's passed on. Uh, The Corrie writers have got to work really hard to rewrite a storyline. They've already filmed. They're six weeks back. So they've got to try and backtrack and come up with something else. And they'll have to get people in for filming. And they'll just have to sort of write in the fact that the father of the family, who has been dropped by Coronation Street with immediate effect, not even any sort of tribunal or anything else, he was writing some really dreadful racist stuff about Indian people. He was born in Pakistan. But the stuff he's been writing almost beggars belief, so they fired him immediately. But because he had ongoing storylines, they're going to have to rewrite it. And uh, and they will. You'll never know that he was ever on the programme. It'll just be completely written off. Completely written off. Uh, Tom Jones, Sir Tom Jones, says that singing is saving him after his uh, wife died. And I have to be honest, uh, we'd seen pictures of them out together, uh, which was a, a rarity indeed for Tom and his uh, wife, Linda. But uh, she then passed on. She had uh, cancer and it must have gutted him. He's, they've had a sort of a, even though they've been married since they were 16, 16, 17, I think they almost carried on with sort of separate lives. Uh, he was in America. He was touring all the time. And I think they had an agreement. But I still think, you know, as they've known each other since they were kids, it's still that uh, dreadful wrench. But he says because of the singing, that means that he can push that a little bit to the back of his mind. But it's uh, it's still there. Harry Potter. The the films, the books, everything else has been blamed for a rise in exorcisms. I always thought that was a part of old rubbish, exorcisms. And Carol Vorderman could be lined up for the jungle. They're going to be putting out between now and October loads of different names. And they're going to be saying, oh, this person could be out there, this, uh, that person. It'll be a few Americans you've never heard of. Somebody from Hollyoaks who was fired because they were a drunk. And uh, a couple of people that you didn't even know were still alive. And they'll put them in there 
and uh, they'll be eating all sorts of dreadful things. And I'm thinking, you really, really must need the money to, to go in the jungle. It can't be any other reason. You're not going in there to try and find out about yourself. That's what people say, isn't it? They say, well, I want to show people the other side of me. And I always think, well, we didn't like the other bit of you, so why we'd like this other side of you, I cannot imagine at all. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. We should take all of these uh, all the way through until... Seven o'clock this morning. Nick's coming live from Liverpool, so he'll be with you at seven. Uh, also, the uh, the you, you could tell that the royal family are on tour because we're fed a daily dose of just average, boring pictures. I'm afraid this time because uh, Prince George was three. He arrived in Canada, and so he's got all his best you know shoes on, but he still wouldn't shake hands with Trudeau. Obviously a man of impeccable taste, I should imagine. And um, and so they're just sort of it's pictures of them arriving off a. Off a, a flying boat, and it's just—it's just nothing. It's just nothing. It's just—it's PR pap, you know. Can we get some good? Pi- They'd be taking thousands of pictures, thousands of pictures, and um, and then some of the, they'll be sending them back, and then Buckingham Palace and their press office and Kensington Palace and St James's Palace will all be putting these things, you know, to the press, and the press can print what they want. So you get a picture of them, but it's the same. I've seen it a million times. I saw it with Prince Charles and Diana. I've seen it with everybody in the royal family. The Queen does walk about. She shakes hands. And um, and the Duchess of Cambridge shakes hands, but wearing an old lady outfit. You know, those hats went out with the Ark. They really did. You know, the royal family need to bring themselves up to modern days. Nobody wears those hats anymore, apart from poor old Princess Beatrice and Eugenie. There'll probably be a, a special, I should imagine, coming from the, uh, the Mail. In fact, they've already done quite a number of pages today um, on sort of uh, basically Prince George concentrating on him. And uh, you're going to be a good boy, aren't you? William says to uh, to uh, George. No, I won't. He's obviously decided because he's, he's he's fairly. I should imagine he's got quite a temper on him. William, that is, as opposed to uh, to George. And uh, and so the the Canadian PM Justin Trudeau. Uh, hello, would you like to do high, high five? No, I won't. And so he didn't. And they tried desperately. Meanwhile, his his little sister just sits there. As I say, she's probably deaf from all the aircraft they take taking her on and off. So they need to give her boiled sweets, but they wouldn't do that. So mummy's got this sort of hair back in a, I think it's a chignon or something like that. And then one of these sort of funny old lady hats, which is sort of a, a preferred by older members of the uh, of the royal family. Perhaps when they go abroad, I think the people in Canada get, they really dress like this? Yeah, they really dress like that. All, all the time? Yeah, apparently so. They walk around the palace. It's like living in a in a sort of movie, isn't it, really? You're sort of, everybody goes, you know, hi you. Would you like to shake it? No, I won't. And so he didn't. And uh, basically got snubbed by Prince George. You'd think they would have schooled him. Shake hands with this man. No! So he'll be sent to bed. There'll be no caviar for him tonight, ladies and gentlemen. None of that kind of stuff. And so then they're looking at um, uh, what Kate's wearing compared to the First Lady of Canada. I mean, at one point, she turns up in a McQueen dress worth £4,000. Where do they get that sort of money from? Are we paying for that, or is it, is it on loan? Alexander McQueen's been dead for ages. When was this one designed? And so then they've got all the people to, to make her dazzle. She's got a PA and a stylist, a secretary, a nanny, a press officer, and a hairdresser. What do they do? Look, I mean, can't she do her own hair? Can't be that difficult. You know, I think they need to sort of, you know, they need to sort of sort out what they're doing, really. Because I don't know what, what the purpose of this Canadian visit is. It's very nice, but we've seen pictures of them before. Last one was trying to kill the dog by giving it ice cream, if you remember. So, Georgie, eat, eat! 
And, of course, the dog... I don't want to eat. Eat! You can imagine, can't you? Life at Kensington Palace must be an absolute delight. Uh, I'm bored. Who said that? Who would say that this week, or, in fact, over the last couple of days? I'm bored. Yes, it's Zoe Ball. She's left her DJ husband, mainly because he looked quite ancient and looked more like her father than uh, than he looked like a trendy DJ. Because I'm of the opinion that trendy DJs uh, like Fat Boy Slim... I don't know where they get their names from. Fat Boy Slim. He's never been fat. Why do, why do they come up with that? Couldn't he just be Norman? Doesn't quite sound the same, does it? Trendy DJ Norman. But they do change it. Norman Cook. I mean, he was actually born... Quentin Leo Cook, uh, also known as Fat Boy Slim, but I don't know why he's known as Fat Boy Slim. I mean, he's done all sorts of things. It's, you know, it's great. I mean, he says it doesn't mean anything. I've told so many different lies over the years about it. I can't remember the truth. It's just an oxymoron, a word that can't exist. Kind of suits me. It's kind of goofy and ironic. Fat, but you see, I could be Fat Boy Slim. You know, I could, I mean, I could literally be Fat Boy Slim. And he's re- released all these sort of albums and music things. And, all, and I'm sure it's absolutely wonderful. But he must be as boring as sin. Because she's, she's up for a laugh. I know that because I met her some years ago when a friend of mine, Chris, was at the, uh, at the BBC in the children's department. And I bumped into Zoe Ball. And she was bubbly and everything else. And I've watched her on the BBC Two programme where they invite people on from the dancing programme. And you can tell she's out for, you know, a bit of fun. I should imagine he just gets in, puts his feet up, orders takeaway pizza, and that's as far as it goes. I just don't... I don't see, you know... I don't see it going any further. And so they've decided to split amicably. Amicably. Um, so that she can go out, drink, smoke, and just be sort of a wild child, as opposed to sort of... Because I, I think if you've got somebody in the family who's... I don't know this, I'm guessing this... Somebody who's sort of old, it drags you down to the same level. It's like you can sometimes see people walking along the streets with their dogs and the person walking along the street is fairly old and the dog is walking as slow as they are. And I'm not sure who's dragged who down. I think that's what it comes down to, doesn't it? But anyway, it's, it's all very amicable. It's all very, you know, it's all very sad for them. But I mean, it's their life, isn't it? It's their life. That's what if that's what they choose to do. What they choose, why is it of any interest to us? I mean, it, it's sort of it's Brad and Angelina. It's got nothing to do with us. I couldn't care less whether or not he was smoking cabbage leaves in the kitchen. It's nothing to do with us. You know, they don't, we're not, we don't own these people. I know that we're supposed to go, oh, well, they are public property. They're not really. They're not public property. Katie Price is public property, but nobody wants her. Not really fit for purpose. We don't want to see these 1950s staged, managed photos. Some of the 3,000 hat pictures, what we packed, are what we want to see, says Andy. Well, there's nude pictures of, uh, of Pippa's... Fiancé, why you'd have a nude picture of your fiancé, I've got no idea. But uh, somebody turned up on Loose Women the other day and we've seen lots of nude pictures of him. In fact, we've seen quite a lot of nude pictures of uh, poor old George Samson. Uh, The charity workers in the paper today who has wed a refugee from the jungle in his 20s, but she says, I didn't go there looking for love. It's like that. I, I quite like the idea that people find love in the most unlikely places. You know, you can be wandering through a bar or you can be wandering through a, you know, a pizza place and you, all of a sudden you just see somebody and you go, that's the person I want. You know, I don't know how it happens, but she said she found him and it was, uh, it was very nice. Niall liked my uh, George impressions. No, I don't. Since when did Anne Whittaker morph into Prince George, says Richard? Since I decided to do it that way. OK, don't ever question what I do. Says the Steve Allen Show. It doesn't say the Richard Show, thank you very much indeed. And the day it does say the Richard Show... Is the day it'll have no audience. You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
Morning, everybody. It's Monday, 20... <clears throat> excuse me, 6th of uh, September. Coming up into October, that means it's officially autumn, doesn't it? That means it's officially leaves off the trees. That means it's officially getting ever closer to Christmas. And I know that because I nearly bought a Christmas pudding the other day in Marks and Spencer's. They were selling Christmas puddings. And being, uh, being somewhat sceptical of sell-by dates, I did look at it. It did say 2017 on it because it's got to have a fair amount of booze. But uh, the, uh, the mince pies... I don't think actually had any booze in, even though, as I pointed out before, last year it was lashings of port and brandy, which made it sound like these things were drowning in it. But it turned out not to be because the sell-by date was only about two weeks away. So if it's got booze in, you need to make sure it's got enough booze in for the things to last a little bit longer. And then there was that big question over the weekend. The big question was, uh, would you ever get in a driverless car? And the answer is no, absolutely not. And then somebody pointed out, oh, but we do have... The Docklands Light Railway said, yes, but it's on tracks. It's not, it's not the same as a driverless car on the road, which has got so many sensors on it and it can do all these little uh, bits and pieces and it can stop and it can drop people off. A bit like Ed Balls. He was standing the other day at a bus stop, luckily with a photographer handy. And uh, so that was, that was quite handy, wasn't it? He was standing there waiting for a bus. Then he decided to catch a, a taxi. And the woman who's sitting at the bus stop with him well, sort of separate, because they're not talking, he invites her to get in the taxi, and she gets in the taxi with him. I've got no idea why. And so they're now asking, are you the woman in Ed Ball's cab, or do you know her? Email news at the Daily Mail. Who cares? She's just somebody sitting there, obviously said, listen, can I give you a lift somewhere? And she went, yes, all right. So gets in the cab, she doesn't know who she is. We don't know who he is either, but luckily he's got a photographer with him, so that's, uh, that's good. Um, and uh, Richard Littlejohn is, uh, let's face it, no-one's idea of a, of a lefty, but his record collection, from Bob Dylan to Billy Bragg, reads like an A to Z of, uh, I think it's called Egyptprop. Egyptprop? Agitprop. I don't know, I've never heard of the word before, it's an odd one. But uh, he, he, he's got a new series on the radio, for some reason. He's at, uh, he doesn't even live in the country, does he, Richard Littlejohn? Used to be an LBC presenter some years ago. But... Um, they had to send him off to a bit of voice training because he sounded a bit squeaky. He sounded a bit like sort of uh, round out. It's a, it's uh, a portmanteau, a combination of two words used in Soviet Russia, inspired by the Communist Party Committee called the Department for Agitation and Propaganda, Agitprop. Well, there you go. I've, I've never heard of it before. Never heard of it. I'm done the wiser, having read it to you this morning. Good Lord. Uh, Martin says the Sackfather from, from Corrie will be the first in the jungle. Yes, I mean, that's always the way, isn't it? It's either that or he'll be appearing on Loose Women, or they'll stick him on this morning. Uh, either way, it'll be, it'll be on one of those sort of programmes. Uh, apparently, Kate walked down the plane stairs in high heels carrying Charlotte. Very brave, says Julie. You're probably right, actually. I mean, there is an art to walking, but there again, they don't have to do that much walking, do they? Not that much walking. Um... Uh, what else do we have in the paper today? Oh, yes, why I'm getting married at 76. It's Prue Leith. And uh, she feels like a love-struck teen. I mean, to be honest with you, she doesn't look 76. But I don't know. It doesn't matter what you look like, does it? It's how you feel inside. You can feel fairly, uh, fairly old inside, but you don't look it on the outside, presumably because you've had work done or you make the best of yourself. People look different. People coming from a different generation, grandmothers used to look like grandmothers. You know, they had lines because nobody used the, the makeup and the skin creams that people get nowadays. I mean, now it's a multi-billion pound industry out there. I'm always amazed. 
I turn on the television and there's uh, the adverts. I mean, literally swamping the television. This cream does this. This cream does that. I should imagine the majority of women probably have the best part of a thousand pounds worth of cosmetics in their bag and bathroom because you see something and you think, oh, that's not quite like. Oh, that looks good. Or you see it advertised on the television or I mention something that I've read in the newspapers and, uh, and people go for it. You know, if anything that halts the ageing process. You know, anything that means you don't have to go under the knife seems to appeal to women. So they reckon at least 500 quid's worth in the bathroom. Wouldn't take much. If you were buying Estee Lauder, it wouldn't take much to get 500 pounds worth in the bathroom. Sad story in the papers of, uh, of a vicar, his wife, and a homeless man. The vicar took pity on him. Uh, the Reverend Matthew Taylor and his wife Sandra took in an alcoholic called Ivan when he fell off the wagon. But when the Church of England minister was out doing God's work, the man he'd taken pity on was having sex with his missus. Takes two to tango. The, fair, uh, the pair first became close in April of last year when the ex-warehouseman, Ivan, moved into a drugs and alcohol rehab shelter managed by Sandra and volunteers from the East Northants Faith Group Charity. Obviously, you get a little bit more extra when you go to this particular one, as Sandra is very free and easy with her affections. Anyway, uh, her husband gave it his blessing, and uh, and so it all, you know, took off. Uh, the down-and-out Ivan says he and the vicar's wife, Sandra, suffered terrible guilts but couldn't keep their hands off each other. It was like a fantasy. Well, it's just a woman who cheats on her husband. doesn't matter whether she's a vicar's wife. She's as normal as the next person, I should imagine. He says, it felt forbidden but wonderful at the same time. We both knew it was wrong and it shouldn't happen. It began with long walks together in the fields. You say, well, why do you go for long walks in the fields? Why do you go for long walks in the fields? I mean, you fools to yourself. But when we first kissed, it felt so wonderful, blah, blah, blah. We were like magnets. Yes, and now, of course, the uh, the Care Quality Commission said the matter's been referred to the Northamptonshire County Council. Associate Minister Reverend Taylor presided over a harvest Thanksgiving at the church yesterday. And a spoke said, we are committed to supporting Matt and Sandra as they rebuild their marriage. It's, uh, you know, it's a sad story. But, of course, you know, people are like this. They're weak. They're weak. They did it in America. We used to get this all the time in America with the evangelist priests who'd come on. Oh, God, I have sinned. And we had all this kind of thing. Send a million dollars to stop me going with prostitutes and all this kind of stuff. I've seen it a million times over there. Over here, it just becomes another tabloid story for the papers. Vicar's wife has affairs. I mean, I don't know. Has she had affairs before? Is this the first one? Does she just go for alcoholics? What does she go for? You know, what, what, what is the attraction? Walking through fields? You know, if, if so, keep her well away from fields, I think, because she's obviously a little bit of a danger to herself. Uh, Mo says, I'm off for my flu jab today. Lots of people having them. You see adverts all over the place, don't you? Uh, if you're in high-risk category, it's free. Uh, but no doubt you've probably been contacted already by your surgery. Uh, I've been contacted. I do qualify for free one, quite clearly because I'm diabetic. Uh, the rest of you, I don't know what, I don't know how much they charge for flu jabs. Ten pound, eleven pounds, I don't know. But you should have it. You should have it. I can only urge people to go and get it. It takes but a second to do. Seriously, it makes me cringe. I might go all, all, all funny actually when I talk about injections. Even though I inject every day, uh, it always makes me go a little bit ooh no because the needles always look bigger to me. And I see that whenever I go in to get mine done, and I can't have it at the moment because I've still got this uh, this silly cold, uh, but I, I, I don't quite fancy it, but I know I'm supposed to have it. I know I'm supposed to have it. Uh, the other story that was in the uh, the papers today, this uh, this huge anaconda. I mean, seriously, you look at the size of it. I can't actually believe its body looks like the size of two men. It's, it's either a fabricated picture or it's true. It comes from Brazil. Uh, they blew up a cave... 
And inside was this 33-foot snake. So they brought it out. The previous, previously enormous reticulated python was 25 foot 2 inches. Uh, this one has been chained up. It weighs 63 stone. I mean, it's, it's, it's just enormous. You can't almost believe it's real. It, it does look like something out of a film. I don't know if you ever saw the film Anaconda. The body is like the size of, of two men. It's, it just looks horrendous. Frightens the life out of me. Mind you, there is a footballer in the paper today. They asked him to hold a snake in something. He went, I'm not holding a snake. He said, I'm terrified of snakes. And I would be the same. They've only got to put their little tongue out. I know they're feeling the, uh, the moisture in the air and stuff like that. They frighten the life out of me. The smaller they are, the more I'm terrified of them. I saw one in London Zoo a while ago, a little tiny green thing. It can't have been more than about eight inches. And they said, this is the world's most deadly snake. They think, whoa, there's me thinking just the big snakes were frightening. But no, the little snakes are very frightening. And this one, kind of very, very frightening me, Galileo. Oh, sorry, off on another tangent, I'm afraid. I've got this thing about singing songs from years ago. It's always Bohemian Rhapsody. Have you noticed? It never, never seems to be any other song. I must learn another song, but unfortunately I don't, can't carry a tune. I'm a bit like all the people on The X Factor. Can't carry a tune, but you really nailed that song and you made it your own. No, you didn't. You're tone deaf. And you shouldn't be allowed anywhere in a television programme. That's why they get these people. They're most peculiar. And nothing more peculiar than Nicole Scherzinger's little bunch of boys on the television the other day. As I say, there wasn't one singer out there. It was dreadful. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 26 minutes to 7. I only offer you the time check because I know a few of you are getting a little bit desperate about missing trains. And I've always said, well, listen, you can always podcast the programme, but then most people say it's a bit difficult to podcast it when we have no idea how to do it. And I say it's really simple. You just go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk, and you download the free app, which is working for your tablet or your mobile phone, and then we send you... Uh, the free programmes every day. There's a number of free podcasts which you get and then you can subscribe to our podcast service as well, in which case you can download everything. All you have to do is just search for LBC Podcast app in the App Store on Apple. It's as simple as that. Or on the the Play Store. Play Store for Android. Okay, so search for LBC Podcast app. I promise you it'll change your your world. It'll make it so much easier. You don't need to worry about anything. Uh, So whilst we lose four members of the uh, the royal family, usual pictures of so-called adorable children, absolutely captivating the, uh, the Canadian public, makes them sound as though the Canadian public never actually see children. You know, they must have seen children before, but they sort of go royal children. And they're all of a certain age. People that go out to see the royal family are of a certain age. Then uh, Arnold Palmer dies... Aged uh, 87. Uh, I think the name was licensed. And uh, he was just the most popular man. He sort of, it was, it's a bit like, even though I don't know anything about him, Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth in America apparently was a fantastic baseball player. But I don't know anything about baseball. But I do remember going to New York some years ago. And there were thousands and thousands of people queuing around Macy's. And it was for a baseball player. Apparently, you know, one of the all-time greats who was there. Arnold Palmer... You know, was one of the all-time greats. 87 is a good innings. Not much great if you get to sort of 86, they start going. It's not looking promising, is it? But uh, 87 was good, and he was uh, he was immortal. Like Babe Ruth, they have these these people in America. Like the bloke who wrote Field of Dreams died the other week. Uh, do you remember we, we talked about Field of Dreams? If you build it, he will come. And we played that out on the programme so many times. It was wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Great film. Great, great film. Watch it if you get the opportunity. So the, the papers tell you that the Canadians are going wild for the young royals, but that's what you would expect. They've got, they've got six people out there who are spinning it like there's no tomorrow and trying to make it 
you know, as interesting as possible, as opposed to just two people in a very privileged lifestyle with two children, you know, lovely, but still children, nevertheless, and, and they're just out there and they just shake hands. And then they have a couple of dinners, and then I'm assuming uh, he will stand up and make a speech, and then she'll be ferried off somewhere else to do a speech. And it'll be a, a fairly heavy schedule, but at the, at the same time, they'll end up having to do all the sort of things that you think, well, they would be doing that while they're over there. There's a young Turkish immigrant who's been charged with murder after five people were shot dead in a US shopping mall. Police said they were still unsure of the motive, but terrorism had not been ruled out. And so uh, this one here... They said uh, uh, when they when they got him, when they arrested him, he reportedly left Turkey as a child. He was unarmed and acting zombie-like. That sound like drugs to you? Sounds like drugs to me. Uh, so the Coronation Street star that we, uh, we mentioned on the programme yesterday, this is Mark Anwar, sacked after a rant about Indian people on Twitter. He's a Pakistani-born actor. He launched a tirade in messages posted on his private account. And... Uh, uh, an ITV spokeswoman said, it's unusual actually for them to react this quickly, but they did in this case. We're deeply shocked by the entirely unacceptable, racially offensive comments made on Twitter by Mark Anwar. We've talked to him and as a consequence of his comments, he'll not be returning to Coronation Street with immediate effect. Which is, you know, kind of disturbing when you think you get to that stage, you're on the biggest soap in the world, or practically the biggest soap in the Well, it's not really. I mean, it's the biggest soap that we've got in this country. And, uh, and you're prepared to jeopardise it. He must have been not thinking straight to actually print something that was so gross... <coughs> excuse me, grossly offensive that, uh, that somebody somewhere would find offence to it. Excuse me. And so he prints it, they call him in... He can't obviously explain it away to them. He just says, well, that was just how I was thinking at the time. And, um, and they fire him. So now they've got to go back over the six weeks and find out exactly, because they probably can't remember, what the storyline was they were fielding six weeks back. And then they sort of put it all together. And then they have to come up with some, some story so that they can get him out of the series and try and explain it away like, oh, Dad's gone out to get a kebab and he won't be back for some years, if ever. Front pages of the papers. This is what you're waking up to this morning at 21 minutes to seven. Russia accused of the uh, napalm attack on civilians. This is in the besieged Syrian city of Aleppo. And uh, the warplanes dropped napalm, cluster bombs and ground penetrating bunker buster munitions in an all out effort to destroy rebel resistance. Might as well just bomb the whole of Syria, might they really? Because it's fairly indiscriminate. Uh, they reckon 213 civilians died in Aleppo since the ceasefire collapsed last week. Syria, Russia and Syria, launched 150 airstrikes in 72 hours. Ban Ki-moon, the UN Secretary-General, said he was appalled by the chilling escalation. They don't care, do they? I mean, there's about 300 civilians left, I think, at second, uh, the second biggest city, uh, city in Syria. But, uh, as I say, the, the way it's going at the moment, there won't be anybody left there very shortly. Uh, the Duchess of Cambridge... He's on the front page of the Times today, wearing Canadian colours for a trip to Vancouver. This is um, an Alexander McQueen dress. It would cost you, if you wanted to buy it, £4,000. I'm assuming it comes in all different sizes. And I'm assuming it must be some deal that they do. Because I can't see the royal family. Because the, the, the stuff that they wear, not for him, because he just wears a, a dark suit. There's nothing really get excited over with him. He go, oh, look, shoes by, who cares? You know, Patrick Cox and socks by, who knows, who cares? Underwear by, who knows, who cares? But when, the, but when she's out there, she becomes the fashionista. She becomes the person 
that the papers are interested in. Because you will bet your bottom dollar there'll be people looking at that. She becomes a clothes horse. And so people will be looking at the pictures and going, that's a nice outfit. I wonder where you get that one from. And they go, it's Alexander McQueen. It's four grand. Get me that. I'll have that one. Thank you. I don't know if they're freebies or not. I don't know how it works with the fashion houses. I would have thought, as in the case of the Oscars, that there will be racks and racks of clothes that will be sent round to the palace. They will go through them because they get no end of free publicity. Why would they charge them for possibly the best advert front page of most papers? You know, every time Prince George, I think, in his sort of uh, tender years was wearing an outfit, the shops in question sold out. Because people go, as if they've never seen clothes before. They go, oh, I want that. And in the case of uh, the Duchess of Cambridge, she will, I should imagine, every single item that she's wearing will be sold out. People, you know, even at £4,000, they will spend it because they go, well, they are, they are royalty. But I'm, I'm, I'm secretly thinking, freebie. Seriously thinking freebie. Now, whether or not she gets to keep it... <clears throat> Or whether or not she has to give it back at the end of the trip, I've got no idea. I'm assuming they get to keep it, because the trouble is she can't wear it again. How can she wear it again? This is They're now going to be going, this is the Canadian... What are they going to do, diet? No. I'm assuming it goes back. I mean, she can't wear this again, because this is what they wore on the Canadian trip. And the whole idea is... <coughs> excuse me, once the papers discover that you're... Uh, you're wearing outfits. They start calling you mean and tight and things like that. The Queen's always been very frugal with her outfits. What they do is they'll add something to it or take something away, give her some new buttons, put a fur collar. It doesn't matter what it is. In this particular case, this Alexander McQueen dress, I don't know what you can do with it. To me, it looks like a potato print dress. You know, years ago, you got a potato at school, cut it in half, cut a shape out, and then you dipped it in a colour and then dipped it on. It looks like that. Interesting, isn't it? <coughs> But it's on the front of the Times, so it means it will sell. Uh, the Daily Express, uh, they've got Charlotte and George stealing the show. They're just baby pictures. They're, just ba- they're not stealing the show. It's just that people are interested in seeing somebody else's children. Slightly disturbing. Uh, senior cabinet ministers raising hopes of a quick exit from the EU and the return of full border controls for the UK. That'll be the day. It'll never happen, will it? Never happen. They've got a, there's a picture of, um, of a little dinghy washed up on a beach. Three migrants came in on that one. There must be hundreds of people who get into the country every year. You know, the border controls are worse than useless. We had one convicted rapist who got in three times. We kept evicting him. There's one we're trying to get rid of at the moment, and he's, uh, he's used every trick under the sun to try and remain here. We're never going to get rid of these people. There's one who's gone to prison again, and they say he will be deported. Well, he'll come back in again. They just get fake papers, and in they come. It's not difficult. Jamie Vardy and his attention-seeking wife I'm having a little bit of trouble with at the moment. He admits he made a terrible mistake when he racially abused a student. This is on the front page of The Sun. He's got, obviously, a problem with drink. Certainly got a problem with his wife. She's very attention-seeking. And uh, they've sold every aspect. um, And he's got a book out as well. So that's what they're actually trying to flog. It's uh, Jamie Vardy from Nowhere. I think that's the place we'd like to see him go back to, to be honest with you. Why don't you go back there? Go back to that place called Oblivion. You know, that'd be rather nice. Uh, Carol Vorderman, as I said before, is um, is up for the jungle. And uh, she'll have a consonant and deck, please. Uh, so that'd be good. I, don't, I hope she doesn't need the money. I'd be 
I'd be awfully depressed if she needed it. Because I don't think you need to go into the jungle unless you really are desperate. So you know that there's going to be probably uh, probably a couple of gay guys in there. There might be a transgender person. There'll be somebody very well known who we think, what are you doing in there? That'll be Carol Vorderman. Then there'll probably be a couple of Americans you've never heard of. You know, somebody who's been in and out of rehab or beat their wife up or something. Then there'll be some poor old bimbo from Hollyoaks. And then there'll be somebody who sort of fell off the wagon ages ago and we all thought they'd passed on. And, th- and that'll be the lineup. And it won't well, there'll be a... That's right, there could be a not-very-good ex-footballer. It could be the case of, you know, um, look, we've managed to secure vast money, Paul Gascoigne. It's, it's that side of programme. They're, they're only looking for people who they're looking to get some entertainment out of. And to be honest with you, I don't think we've had actually entertainment. It's a bit like watching The X Factor. I don't think there's much entertainment on The X Factor. Watching Nicole Scherzinger, I mean, what she knows about music, you could write on a grain of sand. Why on earth she's judging people in this country? I could judge them better. Sorry, she's just said you, that, that you're very good and you're having a seat. I'm saying go home and you can't sing. One of them, one of these poor little creatures, these little boys, brought his entire family in. That was a bit of a worry. Seeing these people sitting there, granny standing up shouting and, oh, God. Last thing you want is sort of antagonistic granny on the set. But uh, it's all done, designed, because these people can't sing. I mean, they really can't sing. That's what's, that's what's so embarrassing about it. They've also wasted £2 million over on the BBC giving Fat Cat LeBlanc uh, the opportunity to be the sole host. Why? I've got no idea. I seriously can't understand it. And uh, another one here. Little Green Snake, probably a Hanuman. Petrifying. Bite fatal, says John. I didn't like it at all. I'm glad it was behind glass. But at London Zoo, that's where they filmed the Harry Potter snake that talks. <clears throat> and I show you a picture of the still, which is very clever. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Everybody says the X Factor, Steve. It's a karaoke freak show. But it's just, I find it's an insult to people who sing for a living. These people can't sing. I mean, really pitifully awful. Nicole Scher, I didn't see any of the other ones, but somebody did say you need to watch Nicole Scherzinger's little tatty bunch of singers. They're not singers. You're not going to be hearing from any of them in six months' time. Seriously, unless they assemble them as another little Boise band, in which case they'll have to auto-tune them, won't they? Front page of the... Good Lord, it's not another outfit from Kate. It is. It's another Duchess of Cambridge outfit. It's another Prince George outfit. Poor little soul, honestly, he has to dress up. He's got um, socks that just about come up to your knees, like they do at that age. And his nice shiny shoes. Somebody will make sure his shoes are shined, you know, if you're meeting the press. And his hair's nicely combed. You want him to come out, don't you, with a cigarette in one hand and a... And a, and a glass of whiskey in the other. Go, yeah, pictures, take them now. Bring it on, bring it on. Never going to happen. And the Duchess of Cambridge, it's just, it's a bit like sort of exposing your children to something, isn't it? So in other words, they actually at home have controlled pictures. You know, we're taking these pictures, these are the ones that we'll be using. Then they go away and everybody can take as many pictures as they like and share them with as many people as you want to because there's no, there's no reporting restrictions for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, Fury at Blair war crimes hypocrisy. The XPM denounces the witch hunt of troops, but he left them open to criminal charges. We can't quite work out, Tony Blair, if he thinks he's going to come back into some sort of politics. We were looking at houses the other day. Nick Ferrari wrote about it in his column, um, saying that he, you know, most people have got, well, if you're lucky and fortunate enough to be in the position of having a house and then maybe a holiday home somewhere else. And uh, whereas Tony Blair and his uh, family have got 38 houses, 38 and a fortune estimated between 60 and 100 million. He's a bit like that champagne socialist, Arthur Scargill, who's living in a million pound flat at the Barbican. And they can't get him out. They've tried to get him out, but they couldn't get him out. And I think now it's been bought, I believe. Uh, The Daily Star, Prince is snubbed to the Premier. No, I won't shake hands with him. I don't know who he is, Daddy. Who is he? Premier of what? 
Canada. Never heard of it. Buy it for me. Also, Strictly Fixed for Daisy. Strictly Judge Len Goodman was last night accused of trying to fix the show for Daisy Lowe. I don't know why. Nobody knows who she is. She's sort of appeared from nowhere. She's known to the, the set that hang around Primrose Hills coffee bars, and that's about it. Just looks a bit, um, you know, just a bit naff. And so they're going, oh, it's been fixed for her to win. Well, that would be ridiculous, wouldn't it? <clears throat> How much money have Zoe and Norman got? About 20 million, they reckon. I mean, she's been working consistently since, um, since the year dot, and he's been working and gets huge amounts. You know, it'd be nothing for, for Norman, uh, Fat Boy Slim, to pick up 20,000 quid in a night. I've heard of DJs who can pick up up to £50,000 for a night's work. You go out to some of these places in Ibiza and stuff like that. £50,000 for a night. They, people fly in. People you've never heard of. They fly in and then they do this. Then they fly out again. Fifty grand richer. Time for Ben's family to know the truth, say the Daily Mirror. This is the witness who claimed Ben Needham may have been crushed by a digger. Told detectives it's time the family knew the truth so they can stop searching. I don't think they've been searching for ages. Now they've got to start searching. But as I said before, they should have done geophysics on the site to see if there is anything there, especially just digging up the land, which is easy to do because without putting it, you know, too crudely and, and trying, to, trying to share the grief of the family, you're digging up the bones of a little child, if indeed he is buried there. And uh, I would have thought geophys would be the best thing to do to find if there's anything under the ground. Depends how far down you have to go. You know, you would hate to think that they put these digger... And you look at the size of this digger... <clears throat> and I don't know how much damage it can do to things that are in the soil. You know, something that might have might have disintegrated years and years ago. It's been about 26 years, hasn't it? Long, long time. Uh, no, 25 years. So anyway, his, uh, his mum has told of her anger that it took the mystery man 25 years to break the silence. I agree with her. I agree. You know, but you don't know whether or not he's mad as a fruitcake. And he's just one of these people who says things like this because he wants the attention. Uh, front page of the uh, the Guardian. That was the front of the Mirror incident, including Corbyn faces the rebel MPs in the showdown. Nick Ferrari will be talking about this. He's coming live from conference. I think Ian Dale is also doing the same. So Nick will be live in Liverpool at the Labour Party conference. Who's going to be there at seven o'clock in the morning? All the guests on Nick's show. <laughs> There'll be a lot of people wandering around till it gets going a little bit later on. Uh, Corbyn foes refuse to be silenced by poll victory. Front of the Guardian. Uh, also... Uh, life, death and black humour on the road with an ambulance crew. I don't think we've got any idea, have we, really, of what it's like having to work the ambulances. Also, co-op giant in record payout over low wages. And um, they're, they're trying to work out, this is Mid-Counties Co-op, £1.2 billion turnover. They've had to make um, payments to a disabled newspaper delivery man for four years. £14,000. He was paid less. They've had to sort that out. Also, hospitals and care homes failing the food hygiene inspections. Because you don't know... I mean, I was talking to somebody the other day about um, a new care home that's opened in a certain part of the country. It's £1,000 a week. £1,000 a week for this care home. I've been to it. Not, not that I'm thinking of booking myself in any time now. But it's £1,000 a week. And there's no garden. You'd think, actually, if you move out to... This is an in-town care home... You would think that there would be somewhere where elderly people could go for a walk in the countryside. So that's why a lot of these old country house hotels close down because of lack of business. They open up as a care home and people pay a lot of money because they've got grounds to wander in. This particular one I looked at, there's no, there's no space at all. It's so tiny because it's taken up because each room, and I think they've only got one rented room at the moment, uh, could generate £1,000 a week. It's a bit like a, a luxury hotel. 
at the moment for one person because that's what that's what we see the future as, don't we? In this country, we see the future as having to put people into homes. I'm dreading it. I'm, I've decided I'm going to Brinsworth. They're definitely going to put me up. Uh, the Daily Telegraph today, uh, they've got uh, the Prime Minister last night disclosed she wrote to David Cameron twice in the run-up to the EU referendum calling for stronger border controls. It follows reports yesterday. Mr Cameron believes she was lily-livered on migration. Downing Street sources revealed that Mrs May, when she was Home Secretary, urged Mr Cameron to put stronger restrictions on free movement at the heart of his EU deal. Uh, Plus, there you go again, this free advert. And it's the Duchess of Cambridge being greeted by cheering crowds. It's funny, they, they don't do it together, do they? He goes one side of the road, she goes the other side of the road. It was a bit like that for Prince Charles and Diana when they did all of their overseas trips. The trouble is, on his side of the road, they weren't interested. They wanted to see her. They were all sort of mortally disappointed when they discovered they were on the wrong side of the road and they wanted to be on the side of the road that Diana was. In the case of Prince William, he seems to get on with them. He's a bit sort of, OK, he's not as, not as, not as Prince Harry would be. And so she's out there. This must be in a different... Uh, a different part of the tour, because she's not wearing that silly little blue hat on her head. But I suppose they have to keep changing the image to get as many pictures done as possible. I just keep looking at the dress going, that's £4,000. It looks like a doily. But the sort of doily you put over toilet rolls in the bathroom. You know, you have these knitted doilies. It just looks like a more expensive version of that. I don't mean that in a in a, in a rude way. Well, actually, I suppose I do, really. But it just I just don't see how that's £4,000 worth. Oh, well, thank you. And if it's done by Alexander McQueen, does that mean he did it before he died, or is it just something new and somebody else has done it? You know, the company lives on in his name. So, in other words, he didn't actually do it, because he died quite a few years ago now, didn't he? I remember. Uh, also, due now your rail refund, train companies, good news for commuters, could be forced to announce details of compensation to delayed passengers the moment they become entitled to the pavements under plans being considered by the rail minister. Don't you just hate that word, considered? In other words, let's not get excited over it. It's completely wrong. Paul Maynard raised the possibility of the announcements because eight out of ten passengers fail to claim what they are due. To be honest with you, I didn't know there were things that you could claim. I really had no idea if, if your train was late. I think on Virgin, if you actually get on the train and there is no seat for you and you've reserved one and they can't find you one, you get a full refund on it. But I'd love to know how many refunds people get. This was the thing the other day. Don't remember the woman who claimed she had to stand on the train, even though she'd reserved a seat. But they said no, they didn't. And they didn't know she was disabled anyway. But uh, on trains, out of all places, I pointed out the other week, that is the one place you will see women standing on a trip. Nobody cares. You could be 97 and on crutches falling backwards and forwards and still nobody would give you a seat on the train. They just don't because the, the trains are so, so packed. So, so packed. It's, it's just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. So I think actually this morning we managed to cover just about everybody except the, the trolls who were slamming Zoe Ball for the split, like it's got anything to do with them. Uh, Harry Potter blamed for the rise in exorcisms, as I don't understand exorcisms from start to finish. I don't think that one was going to go anywhere. Carol Vorderman could be going into the jungle. They're obviously looking for names. This is the time that the agents start putting names forward and say... There was somebody the other day, I think he was an Olympian, and he'd already made it quite clear that he wanted to go on to Celebrity Love Island. 
And he's been dropping hints that that's what he wants to do. Because you have to do that. You see it in all the interviews with the so-called celebrities, or as I prefer to call them, the people who don't actually have a proper job at the moment. And uh, they start going, oh, I'd love to do Strictly. Who did we have last time? There was a couple of people going, oh, I'd love to do Strictly. You know, some little-known actress from Hollyoaks. Um, I didn't tell you the name of the Lotto Grand, the bingo outing, mainly because I thought she's had her happiness. Uh, now she's happy playing bingo as well. And I didn't really go too big on Robbie Williams and his new album, because, to be honest with you, I'm not really that bothered about it. Thank you for your company this morning. Don't forget, you can listen to LBC whenever you want, wherever you are. Download the free LBC app for your mobile or tablet. Never miss a moment. Leading Britain's conversation at 10, it's James O'Brien. You can follow me live on Twitter, which is at Steve Allen Show. But right now, live from the Labour Party conference in Liverpool, it's Nick Ferrari at breakfast. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Saturday and Sunday from 5am.